0: It's the perfect choice for podcasters, so make sure to check it out. Download the free Anchor app, or go to Anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R.fm. Back to the show. Consequence Podcast Network.
1: Pod people, Leo Phillips here with This Must Be The Gig, your little backstage pass to the world of live music. Every single week I bring you fascinating conversations from the beating heart of the performance scene with some of the most exciting names on this gigantic big spongy globe. I talk to my guests about passion. We talk first concerts, last concerts and everything in the Juicy Centre. This week, I am delighted to continue our homebound journey. We bring you a conversation with polymath, prodigy, and musical genius, Jacob Collier. And because we know you're all in need of an extra little distraction, Jacob and I built a whole lot of insight and laughter into an extra jam-packed two-hour special quarantine episode. Stay tuned for insights into how to stay creative, how to stay focused and energized even when you are stuck inside and more. And just before the wave of unfortunate tour cancellations and postponements that are continuing and album announcements... Jacob and I had scheduled a live recording of this very show in New York City, if you didn't know, only to see that unfortunately postponed due to breaking my wrist whilst hiking in the snowy mountains. It was absolutely my fault and we will absolutely make it up to you. So while we await the rescheduling of that recording, Jacob and I just hopped on the phone to connect between our self-quarantined homes, uh, mine in Chicago, him in London, and we discuss meeting Stevie Wonder. He met Stevie, not me. And I'm very jealous. Also him collaborating with Quincy Jones, his brand new song released today with Kimbra and Tank and the bangers. And we also dig into the details of the forthcoming third edition of his Jesse series and just exactly how to play the audience like an instrument. So be sure to stick around for a new take on our live show of the week brought to you by StubHub. Be sure to wash those hands before and after the podcast. Take care. Stay safe. Stay healthy. But let us not be delayed. This is me and Jacob. Enjoy. So now, where are you? What's happening? Because obviously, I think a lot of people right now are kind of struggling whether to keep themselves entertained or find like certain outlets for their energy to keep busy so for sure
2: yeah yeah it seems like people are floundering people are confused people are doubtful and it's all very scary it's it's a very strange thing to navigate for me i suppose in some ways i've been training for this my whole life because i've you know i've i was brought up in a in a family home and where we're all introverts we're very, very very insular and i'm i'm actually i'm doing this conversation from the room that I've made music in for basically 25 years. I'm, I'm 25 years old. And so everything in this room is in its right place. I, I have the ability, you know, I feel hugely privileged to be in this position, but I'm, I have the ability to, to, to bring myself joy and to have an outlet for ideas and to communicate those with with the world. And it is a, it's a funny dichotomy between absolute connectedness and complete isolation that I think a lot of us are having trouble sort of scaling in our minds, you know?
1: The alternate reality of this is that your life was looking very different just a week or two ago um, totally different so yeah. what would you you yeah. would be prepping now f- i suppose for the upcoming tour right we
2: had two weeks of rehearsals in the in the diary we were going to go and live in this crazy circular house <laughs> just outside of london put together this this wild show we had 10 weeks on the road uh, obviously beginning in, in in south africa heading up to uh, to europe and around europe for a hot second and then over, over to the states as well um and it's it's a very strange thing to 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 be psyched up for something like that and then for it to be kind of snatched right. you know snatched from your grasp all of those dates have, have not been cancelled, but they have been postponed, and we don't exactly know when they're you know when they will happen so I guess right now it's it's I'm doing what many people are doing it feels like which is you know taking everything back to the drawing board figuring out what really is important in my life and what what really sparks joy and and making sure that when, you know, when all the doors open and we run out and everybody's free thinking and we can touch each other's faces again and stuff, that that I'm, (laughs) I'm in gear for, you know, being the best human being that I can be because I think that it's very easy for that to get diluted. It's exceptionally rare to be told in one's life to stop, right?
1: Right, in, so in any rare. capacity, whether it's the physicality tied to that, or whether it's just creatively, because yeah. I do feel like a lot of people feel the same way. They they all feel like either that they're meant to create more than they ever have before, that pressure. there or, There is that pressure know?
2: for sure. It's funny because I feel like we're, we're all feeling it. I mean, humans are feeling it yeah. in general, but... But artists and musicians and creative spirits, I think, are feeling it right. more than other people. I I, I went through this the, the sort of rollercoaster of emotions that seems like from from speaking to some friends and some peers that is quite universal. Of first of all, the kind of the the, the crushing disappointment uh, at the realization that I won't be able to go on, on the road, and right. you know all these all these people have bought tickets and and I, I won't be able to be there, which is which is a crazy thing to think about. And straight after that, you get this surge of kind of almost like disbelief and, and relief mixed together they rhyme which is right. convenient but it's just it's this feeling of wait that means that that means that tomorrow I'm free and it means that the day after tomorrow I'm free and the day after that I'm also free and I can do whatever I want to do and I can do it now right and that's wonderful and then about two or three days later you realize that hopefully this will not happen again in our lifetimes which means that it's the only time in our lives that we will have the opportunity to make Make the world as we imagine it to be in in this scenario, and it's it's a it's a visceral challenge. It's very interesting because obviously there's all sorts of ways, challenges, or you know that that come about when it comes to reaching multiple people, people and, and getting people creative and getting people motivated and and just just working on things that that feel like they have a purpose. And it's it's always an interesting dichotomy between you know what what an artist makes and, and then what the audience receives. But to me, I think that you know a, a large motivation in in creating is the realization that that circle will be completed in the sense that I will create something and it will land in in somebody's lap. You know, and realizing that you know some of these ideas, for example, for the show, will not be landing in in people's laps until a few months time. Um, just means that I have to, I have to shift my my perspective of like how to reach people, what is important to reach people with. I think that the internet has changed its climate massively because, you know, the internet is a place, a lot of the time people on the internet want to sell themselves, right? And they want to say, hey, this is me, I'm doing this and me in this room, me with this instrument, me with this idea, me with this word. And now from what I'm seeing, people are talking to each other in a way that I've never seen before. It's actually, it's kind of extraordinary. In some ways, you know, those musicians and artists who are still trying to sell themselves constantly, you know, like buy my album, stream my thing, go check out my video, sign up to my X, Y, Z. That that feels so irrelevant now. And I think that it's very interesting for the artists who are, you know, launching launching projects right now. Right. Um, to, just to just just to think about. Right.
1: That. When you're shifting that motivation when you're looking more towards exactly. what's actually the reason why you're putting something out as opposed to I'm locked on this like conveyable Exactly.
2: You know, you think why, why is this important to, to show people? Why is this important to say to people? And, and, you know, some of the ideas that, for example, I, I've been having about things that, you know, I was, yeah, as you say, on, on the sort of steamroller of, of timeline that kind yeah. of creates itself when you're when you're busy in, in one's life. I think that that inevitably shifts and changes. And so it's, it's a challenging thing. But it is. It's. It's a miraculous. It's an extraordinary and an amazing challenge to face. You know what is genuinely important. What contact is important in your life? You know who are the people that you want to be talking to and and, and spending your time with and and giving your you know giving your your ideas your space to. And and the, these questions are ones that you know you think, oh well, I'll ask this sometime when I'm thirty eight or forty seven or fifty right. five. But <laughs> right. but, it, but suddenly it's like you yeah, that that's today, like, do that now. And then and then you have to.
1: And I think a lot of people are not used to themselves, right? I think that this moment is really whether or not you live in a house full of 10 people or with your partner or, you know, mm. with your with your animal or with your kids, you, I totally. feel like no matter what, you're still faced with the... That unending uh, question of like, who am I? You know, this, this, this <laughs> like self. You know, this I self reflection. You know, this self reflection, which I feel a lot of creatives, well, especially the people that I talk to for the show, for my work and my life. Um, I feel like that question is always there it's this like constant unending unfurling idea and then an it artist's is. you know release is to to answer that right so your process. You're, you're
2: so right you're so right and you know artists spend their lives trying to so, trying to learn a language sort of it's almost like learning a self language you know a language that enables them to learn themselves. Because when we create things, we learn ourselves, and the yeah. the, the, the struggles, the the conflicts, all of those decisions, the, the the minutia of taste, the the amount of time, the kind of attention you spend, all these different right, minutia exactly. detail, help us learn ourselves, and and that is an extraordinary feeling. It, it's it's something that I, talking to, you know, talking to people who aren't used to those kinds of daily dialogues. Um, it it's almost like that the re- the realization that that the time is now to to sort of self study to spend time alone to think about what's important to you, it's it, it's quite disarming. But you know, for for someone like me, I, I spend so much of my of my life and my energy sort of expending those it, it, w- within that that premise. It's like how can I be the most Jacob? I can be how can I how can I be fearless how can I do things that have meaning in my life what is meaning in my life what is what is my life and all these questions are things that I'm familiar with dancing around and I enjoy dancing around and I hope that people in the world right you know artists will do it I think artists will do it no matter what but I hope that people in the world will be asking themselves these questions and will be thinking and talking to each other about what life means and and how we can maximize it Or minimalize it to to best suit our our learning process as humans.
1: Right, and especially since I think the important point there is also that some people are in a privileged position where they are okay to stay home. Things aren't you know traumatic for them at home. They can work from home. Yes, maybe that they're you know not destitute because of everything happening, which is definitely a potential Mm. in some countries. And then using it to really like better themselves and also look into a way of... I quite like what you said earlier, particularly about what asking what it is all for. Because I don't think we often... Like maybe... I don't know. I'm just thinking now. I don't know if I... Like, I constantly question, question it, but just because that's, I'm like a, that's just because I'm a, that type of person. I'm that's like, what you're about. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, totally, totally. <laughs> I'm like, is this good for my heart? Is this kind? Am I helping the world? Yeah, yeah. Um, is this a
2: good vibration to be on right, right exactly.
1: Because you've got to enjoy every, like, blessed breath and you need to make sure that totally. it's just oh, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. doing something for you. But I suppose when I look at an artist like you, your connection is so valuable, In the human form, just looking like what you do in your life shows your performance aspect, the performance aspect of who you are is really necessary as well. So that's kind of why I was wondering how you are keeping those batteries or at least fueling that creativity whilst you aren't able to you know fulfill that side of you or is uh, that yeah, jacob it, like one exactly thing?
2: Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> right it's it's such an interesting question and, and thank you for for those for those kind words it's it's such a new thing to me yeah. to have an extroverted release strategy right. and not, not in terms of release strategy in terms of my career but in right. terms of my energy like energy is released yeah. in an extroverted way because i'm such an introvert i truly it's like my energy as a child was 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 inwardly designed you know it went into a process it went into the details it went into thought and and structures and experiments and frameworks that i was i was creating you know i was such a sponge as a child you know i would sit and i would listen to people talking and people playing and i would listen to music i would watch my mother conducting i would Devour Stevie Wonder and Prince and Earthman and Fire and Bobby McFerrin and Bach and Bjork and all these different musical worlds and try and piece them together. And that, that whole language was an inward one. And it was really only about, I suppose, five years ago uh, when I, I happened to meet uh, Quincy Jones, who is, if, if you don't know Quincy Jones and you're listening, he's just one of the most extraordinary human beings in, in music kind of alive today. And he's done so many things and, and we've become friends. And he actually offered me a gig. And this was really my first ever gig, really my first ever gig as, as Jacob. And I decided I wanted to do a one-man show performance of this Um you know with, with with this opportunity and the opportunity yeah. was to play at the, the the Montreux Jazz Festival in Switzerland and I was opening for two of my absolute heroes two giants of of music and giants of jazz music specifically two piano players called Herbie Hancock and Chick Career.
1: yeah and amazing. this
2: was a crazy thing for me it was yeah. just unbelievable that this was that this was happening and so I wanted to do something really special but you know I grew up essentially as my, my only band member and it's a it's it was a a funny design but really i would listen to music i would listen to stevie or or whoever it happened to be and i would listen in i would listen to all the different levels and all the different ingredients and and the different layers and i would create in that same way so i ended up playing all the instruments on my own recordings and it wasn't something i decided to do by you know on on any kind of principle it was just the thing that ended up feeling the most intuitive so you know i'm sitting in this room right now and i'm looking around and and I can see a double bass. I can see some guitars, and there's the piano. There's lots of different percussion instruments. Some of which are really percussion instruments, like like drums, and some of which are not, like saucepans. But they all make percussive sounds.
1: Right. Um, right.
2: And if you know, you there's all been, sorts of li- uh, yeah, little trinkets. <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: yeah, exactly. Yeah, there all these little trinkets of things that make sound. I've I've enjoyed layering these on my own in in a, in a solitary inventive way for many years. So I wanted to do this on stage. Um, but what I realised is that. It's easier said than done. I didn't want to do a a show just with with live loopers where everything went one, two, three, four, five, six. Start again. One, two, three, four. You know, like building everything up Mm -hmm. piece by piece and that kind of like upwards arc being the only possible arc. I wanted to do something that felt human, that felt dynamic and that felt kind of authentic. And the journey from that show, which was a 30-minute set in Montreal in 2015 to the last one-month show I ever did, which I think was in, it might've been in Australia Mm -hmm. in 2018 beginning of 2018 uh, was crazy because I realised what it meant to not, not just play to an audience but to play an audience, to have an audience in a room and for them to be such an integral part of the experience. I, I suppose I, I, I almost put myself in this in, the, in this scenario by accident but I realised with the one-man show thing because I was the only person on stage essentially playing all these different musical instruments. In a, in a great big circle, with some looping and lots of things that happened live, spontaneous technology, kind of it, the whole thing is, is was 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 a crazy rig, and, and it still is quite a crazy rig. But I realised that I couldn't I couldn't be the source and the end result of the energy. And the thing that felt best was when I gave energy out into the room in some kind of creative way, and then that energy came back to me. That felt sustainable in a way that playing with your eyes closed or just kind of pretending the audience isn't there just making music on your own terms which is kind of how I started because that's what felt natural to me didn't didn't do and the thing that I became most excited about is just the audience making music and the audience singing and the audience making rhythms and the audience just being involved in the music Um, there are some extraordinary videos on YouTube of of Bobby McFerrin who I mentioned earlier on who's one of my absolute heroes doing this with one microphone and an audience and getting them to sing and do all these different things I wanted to take that further. So I suppose in the last couple of years, I've so enjoyed that relationship of splitting the audience into three parts and improvising the parts up and down and having audiences that are intuitive enough musically to know how to deal with that. It's, it's an amazing thing and, um, and it's become such an integral part of my process, honestly speaking, in a way that I never imagined it would because I always imagined myself as somebody who was a bit like a mad scientist. You right. know, would come indoors. <laughs> but I, I mean design that's how I saw you. I'm not even <laughs> right, kidding. Right. Like when
1: I first saw that first YouTube video all those years ago of you like <laughs> literally at your piano, at your keyboard, and just going crazy. It was like a maths like a mathematician, which I know like there's <laughs> yeah. of course a mathematical underpinning to music. A- but absolutely, there's like yeah. it is there's a science to in your performance. Like from creation of your, like is. multimedia performance to like the engineering required absolutely yeah and i don't don't say that in a bad i'm not saying you are this (laughs) scary madman with. with well i am a little bit
2: scary and i'm also a madman but i i understand what you're saying it's always this balance i I feel like in some ways that the period of time we're in right now is a very good example of this being a problem that is available to be solved because once you get science and maths and technology involved in something creative it becomes so immediately apparent what feels good and what doesn't feel good but it's very, very difficult sometimes to maintain the to, to maintain the priority. I mean, technology is so distracting, right? It's it's distracting on every level. It's distracting right. if I'm trying to work on music and someone's you know, messaging me on Instagram. It's right, distracting right. if there are screens in my cab when I jump in the back of a New York taxi and there's a screen. It's distracting when I'm trying to take some time to be on my own and and suddenly There's all these contacts, all all this contact that's available that I don't know how to navigate, but it's also distracting in the creative process because everything is possible nowadays. You can do anything. You can really do anything. If you can imagine it and you have the courage to do it, you can probably do it. What what are the important things to talk about, to to express? And to me, in this current world, which is changing so fast, it's so clear that computers will never be human beings. It's so clear. And it's also clear that human beings will never be computers. And that's not to say that, 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 that their relationship is redundant by any means. In fact, done correctly, technology and human beings can be the the, the greatest of friends, um, so to speak, in the sense that if human beings use technology to elevate what makes them human sure. and the contact within their interactions more meaningful, then that is that's superb. That's extraordinary. And in the creative space, you know, it's... I, I feel like I was born at a time, I'm so grateful I was born at this time because I, I have the kind of brain that works in a way where it's like, I'm imagining tubular bells and timpani doubling up the, with this reversed vocal thing that's going to make the sound that goes <laughs> like that. And I imagine the sound because I've heard a Stravinsky recording and I've heard, you right, know, you a, have a, a Beck record. Right, a, like right. I have that, I have the pool of, of materials that I've learned from. But... I can sit in literally this exact chair that I'm talking to you from and make those sounds happen within 15 seconds. And that is incredible. It's extraordinary. And it's becoming easier and easier to bring ideas to life. And so it's becoming more and more important to be be responsible for the power that that technology has in the world
1: right exactly which is exactly what i was thinking right now just whilst listening to you because i think that's such a great point in terms of like you acknowledge that there's something really distracting as a creative you acknowledge that there's oh, something yeah. distracting but you're using it to to a point where you are learning and using it for yourself and not getting like i suppose i'm wondering like do you not get a little bit because you can do anything and do so much, maybe this mm. is like a trivial question, but do mm. you feel overwhelmed with how much you're not doing? Because you can do so. Because I always feel like you've got that worrying energy and excitement just from yes. like observing you and listening to your music. Um, but do you ever feel? Yeah, kind of, you're you're know, so a right. Question. Absolutely. Oh,
2: absolutely. No, yeah. not in the slightest. Absolutely, you're so right. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's the sort of bane in my life is that. Either I'm overwhelmed by by the by the infinity of the whole thing, which is literally <laughs> bottomless. You could always be doing yes. everything, right? And I I don't I wouldn't say that I experienced this alone. I, I think everybody can do anything. That's that it's just something that I believe, and I think that everybody who re, once you've realised that you have to learn to grapple with it because it's not as straightforward as well. Then I'll do everything I want to do. Then because because what th- there's all these available layers and levels to that experience, the experience of that question. Once you've, once you've, once you believe that you can do something, then, then what you do and how you do it is, are very important questions to answer and a, a lot of people in the world never get past the, can I do something question. And so of they never There's graduate fear. towards There's the a, yeah, yeah it is it's because it's scary so it's, it's scary to do something it's scary to do something where you're sharing a part of yourself with other people it's scary to to open yourself up to yourself that's terrifying I mean I'm terrified on a daily basis by it
1: <laughs> because no, it's are so you? yeah it but, makes me feel like I weirdly feel terrible for saying this but it kind of makes me feel. There's like a human, there's, you know, because everyone feels the same way right now. And especially oh, yeah. just in the last few days, there's that, as I mentioned kind of earlier, everybody's got this sudden jolt of, fuck, I need to do something now. I need to create. Yeah. I got to move. Yeah. And the truth is like, th- just overcoming that first level of fear, or, you know, like you almost need complete ruthlessness to share. And there's that yeah. sense of vulnerability, lack of control. But then you have control because you can control your narrative. So it's very it's, you're, you're, you're articulating
2: this so clearly. It's 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 brilliant. Really? I mean, oh that's yeah, good. All... I'm
1: glad. Oh yeah, all, I feel all, all, kind all the... of like a, a, a whirlwind. Yeah,
2: yeah, no, it is a whirlwind because you've got all these feedback loops that happen internally when you when you realize it's right. possible to do something. Because you know, for most of people's lives, it seems that people don't realize that it's possible to do something or be something or or you you know i i, mean, I think
1: capitalism it's, baby that's, yeah that, that's the thing it's
2: like it actually actually you can you can have whatever you want and you can have your cake and you can eat your cake but once you've realized that then the real challenge begins because you will not do something that has meaning until you are able and willing to study your gnarliest corners and embrace them right that's just the way things are and so for me you know it's 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 a it's a deeply it it's it's a deeply invested emotional experience to create something real i could i could sit in this chair and i could turn out music and i could probably make a big fan base and 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 maybe earn lots of money i don't know but but it's extraordinary how little that first of all i suppose appeals to me but second of all is meaningful in in any in in, in any way and i if i sat here and said look i make music because i want my fans to be happy i'd or I make music because I, I want to make a living. It, it's not, it's so not the case. I mean, I make music because it's my way of understanding myself and learning myself and learning other people and studying the human condition. And when I ask questions and get answers in a creative process, that outlet completes those questions for me, completes those cycles for me. Um, but I don't think this is... Re-
1: even if it's painful. Or even if even it's painful. if the process you know, is painful. If it's painful, then often,
2: <laughs> oftentimes the result is going to be all, all the more colourful you know? Yes. And like being able to say, it's it, it's not always a literal thing, you know, it's not always sitting and saying, what is my, you know, how, so how was my childhood, <laughs> you know, or what are the, you know, how do I need to be, like, how, how am I with relationships? Or how am I with boundaries? Or it's, it's not necessarily these kinds of psychological questions. It's more that when you enter the ring of you and your idea, this magical relationship begins and the relationship between you and your idea in my experience, is parallel to so many things in your life. How you caught the idea, how impatient you are with the idea, how much you trust the idea, how much space you give to the idea. And all these questions, are, are, in my mind, are parallel to me with other human beings and me with myself and me with my, my parents and uh, with my sisters. It's, it's like the whole thing is parallel when you're when you're willing enough to be open with it.
1: You could potentially do whatever you want, right? Which I'm sure you probably feel in your heart as well to a point i think i think you're right yeah why why did why is music the thing Hmm. that stuck because obviously i know that you ever mentioned your mum earlier like music and teaching kind of runs in your family it does yeah then like from a to b you go uh, nodding okay i i understand this connection but why does it work for you to be at the forefront of not only being a recipient of music but also making it and then making it your entire life because i do feel like you don't you it doesn't ever feel like you're isolated you know it always feels like you're connecting on some level whether it's with your fans or with other artists yeah
2: that is such a good question and it's not necessarily an, an easy one to answer but i love it it's, it's brilliant i so how where do i begin first thing i'd say is that is that i don't know I don't know why music yes. makes me feel excited. That's I don't know, great. That's I don't a know beautiful why I have start. goosebumps. <laughs> I, I don't know. All I know is I'm, I'm going to follow the goosebumps. And I know from experience that that brings me joy. And I think if, if I if I sat here and said, well, I know why music is exciting to me and I know why I sure. like it and, and why I, 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 I can contribute to it, I, 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 I wouldn't be being real because no one knows why they're called to do a thing that they're doing. I mean, what I would say is that I think that what makes a person's language develop when they're very young and when they're learning a language is a few things. One is probably, you know, the, the, the genetic code of that person and where they come from. And for me, you know, I've got a few generations of, of kind of stupendous order musicians, which I feel extremely lucky to have. It, and all that means is that it's, it's a language I'm, I'm perhaps kind of, I'm, I'm likely to have an inkling of walking into this. The okay. second thing I'd say is that music was kind of like my second language as a child. Um, not that I had the, the the sort of technique to express it, probably for another you know fifteen twenty years really. Uh, not not that I even necessarily have it now fully, but when I, when I was a child, I, I felt like I, I I could I could understand it if it was happening. I could understand it. I understood the gestures. I understood what was going on emotionally way before I could say well obviously that's a diminished chord, so it can go towards this dominant chord which resolves to the major. It's it was about saying this is a sensation. That is familiar to me it's funny because you know as somebody who's who's been self-taught for most of my life it was really relatively late on about age 16 where I got into into music as, in terms of like music theory I suppose like why what's this scale in relation to this chord and what's this chord in relation to this song and why does the sensation of this chord to this chord make you feel this or leave a question mark or feel yeah feel unanswered or feel like it's misleading or feel like you're your yeah like why why does this ask a question and this answer a question and why does this why does this feel like you're leaving home and this feel like you're arriving home? Right. It,
1: is the, why the the warmth and the light and then the yeah, dark and, yeah exactly so why why have I yeah. why have I
2: hummed this B flat in the F minor chord? Does it feel warmer than if I are the B flat in the F minor chord? And it, it's not it's not really it's not really more complicated than that i mean a lot of these things might sound like they they belong to a different language but you know once you once you learn once once you learn the language of of listening then so many things become possible and i think for me i've always been curious about trying to figure out as a you know as a human being how to how to how to how to dig these things to the yeah. maximum you know how to understand them and so, as a teenager, I would sit with these concepts like, you know, musical harmony, chords, you know, putting notes together. On one level, it felt like something that was very, very familiar to me because I've been listening to it for my whole life. On, on another level, it was brand new because I didn't know what Lydian was, I didn't know what Locrian was, I didn't know what, what 7 8 meant, you know. But these things, as I learned them, I realized that I, I did know what they meant, I just didn't know the, the, the name
0: for them. Pause, Pause the, the podcast.
1: podcast! It is time to step away just momentarily from the conversation with Jacob and I to share a little something Engineer Adam and I like to call the
0: Live Show of, of the, the week. week!
1: What is up? What are we so, doing? Where are we? I'm in Snackland.
0: Now that we are in our self-quarantine mode, mm-hmm. we've had to change things up a bit on the Live Show of the Week, and we've started focusing on things that you can live stream... So you can still stay connected to live music.
1: Mm -hmm. So this week we wanted to highlight a live stream performance featuring two very, very wonderful acts. One of whom is releasing one of my favorite albums of the year. This Friday evening, March 26th at 9 p.m. Eastern. Kevin Morby and the one and only Waxahachie, Katie, will be playing live streaming from Waxahachie's Instagram. Go there. They'll be live from Kevin's living room and we'll be taking phone calls and requests. It sounds like so much fun. I
0: know. Absolutely. I wish
1: we could take phone calls.
0: Ooh. I like the idea of a phone call episode. I can figure it out. We'll make it happen.
1: If you want to check out a ton of other live stream events, please head to choir.edu. TV that's K-O-I-R.tv, where last week's guest, the wonderful Nika of Zola Jesus and another favorite guest of mine, Devin Welsh, have assembled a brand new website to help you keep track of all the incredible artists performing live in the coming weeks. I also helped out with that site and they gave me a little shout out and I'm just so blessed that that thing exists in the world. So go, Choir.tv, absolutely. Choir dot TV. absolutely.
0: You don't need tickets tickets. to check Wexahachie and Kevin Morby out. yeah,
1: you don't.
0: But once all the rescheduled live shows start to come back around, remember, you can always get in on the excitement Mm -hmm. of any event out there with StubHub at cosradio.lv slash StubHub. And
1: in the meantime, you can go and check out what is already rescheduled for September, October, November, later in the year. Exactly so. Gosh, all of this is over.
0: One more time, cosradio.lv slash stubhub to find the best selection of tickets to all of the hottest shows. And while we're talking about important things to do while you're on the internet.
1: What have you been What have you been streaming this week?
0: I've got to say, Uniform and the Body put out a Ooh. live album in lieu of their tour, which mm-hmm. obviously is not happening right now.
1: Is there a vinyl that goes with that?
0: There is not, but it is pay what you can on Bandcamp. Yes. So... I highly recommend going there and I think it's worth at least $200, so put it down. Or you could just do like 5 or something, but you know, it's worth it's worth at least 200.
1: And they might make it to our brand new Friday playlist that we're creating, so also oh, we just have too much information. <laughs> just follow us.
0: Follow us on social media, think, remember to do that.
1: Just do that.
0: Also, as always, head to Apple Podcasts, to Stitcher, to Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast, right this very moment. Subscribe, rate, review, make it five stars. Keep listening. We've got so many incredible episodes in the backlog, so many incredible episodes to come. You've got to subscribe. 94. 94.
1: Or you can email us at thismustbethegig at gmail.com because that is a great connector. We've been getting some wonderful little messages over there. Email me. I will write you a love letter back. Ooh. If you don't land in my spam. (laughs) We have no time left, okay? Let us return to this week's wonderful interview. I cannot speak more highly of this person. Back to me and Jacob. Enjoy!
2: One thing that I've realized recently actually is that when you're listening to music, when you're living your life and you're in a mood, a particular mood, what i do as a, as a fan of music as a lover of music because i i often diagnose my mood with a song that i want with to listen song. to right yeah
1: absolutely me loads too. of people it's, do this so it's like it's like psychotic yeah exactly it's like okay <laughs> yeah. i'm
2: feeling a mixture of kind of i, I feel like i feel like i'm moving I and mean, this is like me or well,
1: you don't know how you feel so you put a song on to tell you right exactly right. it's like it's like yeah.
2: how do i feel well if I listen to three songs, I'll know which song resonates right. most right now. But what I realize is that the song that resonates most—that if you, yeah, basically—I <laughs> think that you can reverse engineer that resonance to the the, the way that I can be the most, you know. So, okay, how can I put this? At, at the beginning of a creative day, sometimes I ask myself, "Well, what what do I what do I want to do today? What's where's the idea? Have have I got any ideas today?" And if you listen to something, and it's, as and it res and it's resonant with you then you are already the musician that is creating that that frequency of idea and so if if you manage to invert that if you invert the direction of that inspiration from going in and resonating to going out and resonating that the sensation is extremely similar this is just my opinion but if I listen to, i'm trying to think of an example like there's a there's a guitarist singer called jose gonzalez who you may know
1: oh and i love jose yeah. he's such a sweetheart too he's yeah he, he, he like genuinely is well. <laughs> yeah he
2: genuinely seems like the loveliest human being on earth no, he but really jose is gonzalez well. is a very spe- is a, he's a very specific diagnosis for me um because he he has momentum it's it's in time it's it's hypnotic it moves it's cyclic he has this very underspoken, conversational way of singing. He also often double tracks the vocal, so it sounds kind of slightly alien. It sounds very, very childish. It, off, it sounds like an adult who's content to be a child. That's how I right. describe Jose Gonzalez. Right. I know that feeling, <laughs> and and so when I when I want to listen to Jose Gonzalez, I I make a mental note that that if I turn on the right, if I can activate my creative energy, if I can get into a creative zone, then that is then that is the that's the optimum. Vibration that I could be working on, and that the the fact that I am resonating with something I'm listening to is proof that that vibration is inside me. So everyone in the world is is already creating music, but most people are used to creating it by listening to it and 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 responding to it, rather than creating it and responding to it. But the sensations are really similar in my mind. If I'm listening to a, a, you know, if I'm listening to a beautiful album and I'm having an emotional experience that goes alongside my life, that the satisfaction... I mean, you you, you know this, I feel like you know this, but the satisfaction of aligning with yourself and the the catharsis, the relief, the joy... The, the, yeah. Even like the sorrow that you feel when you engage with your emotions. Oh
1: no, it's deeply it's, affecting. It's, oh, it's d- wonderful. It's like yeah, I and, could even just cry thinking of like those moments that I've had, and they're so like you can taste them. They're so. Oh, you're, you're so right. You so can. It's so real. It's it, yeah. They're, they're it's real. They're, they're visceral. <laughs> but,
2: and sometimes they, man, sometimes they show you a darkness. It's like, oh, I didn't even know that was in me. I didn't know that that was a question I was asking. I didn't know that that needed to come out. Right. And so sometimes you have these emotional feelings, they, they come out, realizations come out, and, and they come out when you listen to music. But that, I, I, yeah, sometimes people ask me, like, how does it feel to, to create music that aligns with that? And it, it feels like, the closest I can say is that it feels like that. It feels like you are aligning with something that has to come out, but rather than listening to it, you are, you're speaking the language of, of your own remedy. And that is an extraordinary sensation.
1: And I also feel that like, you know, having the mystery or taking the mystery away, like you said, the way that you connect to it is by going down into the core and figuring out why it is the way it is Mm. and finding the name for it. And that's the way that your brain kind of circulates around those ideas and, you know, uh, kind of comprehends what's happening. For others, it, it isn't, it isn't, as you said, it's a feeling,
2: totally um Absolutely. which is similar to
1: you but then when you st- i feel like for so long even when i was younger listening to music i didn't want to know how it was really made yeah because you just my wanted side it to feel the like brain, it, the way it i just wanted it to feel yeah i loved when i was driving in the back of my dad's car and he was tapping oh, onto the steering wheel to like beach boys or something you know totally or oh yeah whatever and for me that was like the moment when i was like oh i feel that like yeah. that's in my head and it, it goes with who i am and i love now the i, can I love the, I, the, the driving
2: like the driving and listening to music especially beach boys oh my God. i know that one it's such hey, a
1: it's so and magical Roy Orbison and, oh. i mean the, it's like dip, I, I for me the formative years of somebody's life is like my magical spot like th- that is because your brain is bubbling and yes we all as we're getting older you you are growing and learning as well but when you're young the it, music just hits you in a whole different, a different way and I don't, different know, way. I don't know i don't know if
2: you agree with this but i always come back to the records i loved as a child and and the, oh, the, the, yeah. the dna of those albums yeah truly dictates what what gives me the goosebumps still it still does yeah. that even though i'm challenging myself and i'm listening to new things i i don't think anyone can ever rewrite that period of your life musically um, well
1: it's like a little I don't know. It's like a postcard. I don't know. Truly, if that, it is. Like, it's, it's like you know right, scent like, memory.
2: You know when, right, you, yeah, when you smell. Yeah. you know, you smell your chartered bedroom or you smell your your you know your your mother's cooking or right. these smells that it's like or even even like you know the, the the class at school that you really hated. It's like they're so visceral because, I in my mind and I've I've drawn like diagrams of this. I've tried to understand right. it the most. But when <laughs> you're young, you of course I When you're young, yeah. I think that your emotions enter. Your emotions enter with less interference and and more and more and more fundament there's a there's course. a um, yeah. there's a thing in in music n- not to get too theoretical but there's a thing in music called the harmonic series um, which is actually it's not really in music it's actually in physics in the sense that every note every sound every tone has a series of upper partial harmonics which basically defines it so if I play in uh, you know if I play a note on the violin I play the same note on the vibraphone what sets those notes apart from each other because they're the same note what makes them sound different one like the violin one like the vibraphone is that they have different they have different formants which is what this, what that's called they have different upper harmonics and so one thing i always i often think about and this is got a bit of a tenuous point to make but one thing i often think about is you know basically this structure exists in ideas too it exists in, in everything so the way it sets up is that you have the fundamental frequency so say that's c which is like mm, that's the fundamental frequency right and then, if I go and I open up the vowel sound, you hear all the upper harmonics appear. That those upper harmonics, in my mind, they exist in our choices. There's there's a fundament to our choices, and there's a fundament to our decisions, and there's a fundament to our memory. There's a fundamental frequency, and then there's all of the overtones that, over the course of our life, we we learn to, we, you know, we learn to project on things because everything is is us projecting on things, in my mind, and so. You know, for example, when you're a child, everything is everything enters as a fundamental frequency because it's happening on ground level, it's happening now. When you're an adult, a lot of a lot of the things you're dealing with is it's all about being up in those ladders. It's up being up in right. the in the upper harmonics because mm-hmm. you're referring to essentially reactions of reactions of reactions of mm-hmm. reactions of what happened Bouncing rather off. than right. something which is fresh. Yeah. And so something as visceral as a childhood real fundamental experience is increasingly rare, I find, but it's really nice when we can when we can connect to those, you know, those real base frequencies of what makes I feel like this is what this time is about in some ways. It's like we're all coming back to the fundament, we're all climbing down our overturned ladders, back to the ground, and we're thinking, Okay, but what what's really what's really going on here in my life? What's what's really worth what you know, worth expressing? Um, and it's interesting
1: yeah and if everything is a projection you have to be mindful of where it's going and what's coming at you which i it, again i do i do agree with you that this is definitely a time for that to be very kind to oneself and let you know let things just happen like if nothing is coming out well maybe this is just me projecting but <laughs> yeah. you know well, i'm sure
2: it is but i don't think that's a bad thing you know what I'm, I mean? I'm with you yeah.
1: Um. Yeah. No. I'm definitely not afraid of doing that because yeah. I feel like somebody somewhere will be kind enough to be okay with that. But mm. you know, that's just the honest, the honesty side to to creating. Yeah. You know?
2: No. It is uh, something I, you know, I've 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 had to practice doing is in some ways, and this is similar to uh, not this is not from experience, but it feels like it's similar to parenting, in the sense that you have to learn to parent your ideas, in in a good way. And I mean, the way I was brought up, you, you don't judge a child for right. what the child is doing. You you give the child a voice and you learn the child from listening to, it, to, to the child's voice. And it's not that things the child says are right and wrong and good and bad. It's that the child is saying what it's saying. And that's the value. The value is, are you expressing or are you, or are you not expressing? And I think that... Well, you know looking back on my childhood and, and, and really the way I was brought up I was basically brought up by my mother on her own so it was a, a massive single single mother vibe and I'm one of three so it was a really ex- extraordinary thing that my mother did by giving each of us a voice and it wasn't about saying do this right now don't do this right now this is good this is bad it was about saying well what what feels good to you right now and and just just speak and your voice is 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 way more valuable than 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 the results of your voice, if you know what I mean. And I feel like the same can be applied to to creating. It, it's like the joy is in the creating of the thing; it's not in the result. And education tries its best to shut this down. In in my experience, you know, it's it's all about the results in traditional education. It's like, well, what? But what's the grade? But but what's the, you know? But when's the exam? When when does it right. all come down to X the or end. Y or Z? Yes. But but mm. actually, that's the exact opposite of life. And you cannot you cannot look at life like that and and be that that's not how life is life is all about the process of having a voice and expressing it it's not about the results it's not about the judgment and so one thing i try to practice when i'm creating is to let all the ideas come out without judging them for as long as i can before you know before i have to make those choices about you know which is the strong idea which is the weak idea and which one i'm going to run with it's it's very important to kind of to, to let the child speak in me when I'm creating and to let the idea come out and to not worry about about being judged and it's interesting earlier when you were saying about how you know one's brain can sometimes work in a way where you know you put things into frameworks you understand things theoretically you understand things mathematically and, and other people's brains work in a way where, where they just feel it but I suppose one myth that I've been very interested recently to 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 kind of figure out how to dispel is that I don't think these are different languages if you do it right because I think that you know, for, for example, people who are learning music and, and want to start creating music yes. often say to me, Well, I'm not going to learn music theory because if I learn music theory, then.
1: I'm going to get bogged down. Then,
2: or, yeah, I'll, yeah. I'll get bogged down or like I'll stop having ideas that are based in feeling because because theory is not based in feeling, theory is based in information, right? And to a point, yes, theory is based in information. So is the English language. The English language is based in, in information, it's based in grammar, it's based in phrasing it's based in sentence structure syntax, it's based yeah, in vocab exactly. and spelling and word endings and prefixes and suffixes and all this kind of stuff and imagine if you said to a baby okay baby <laughs> sit down and we're going <laughs> to okay, teach baby. you hello baby, uh, yeah. <laughs> sit down and 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 learn english and when you finish learning english then you'll be able to express yourself right
1: right
2: it will be ludicrous because no baby i mean no no nobody but no definitely no baby is going to want to sit down and learn the grammar of something that does not apply to their life and so for me i hated musical theory as a child i just i couldn't stand it it was it was an irrelevant language until suddenly it was relevant and it was almost it almost happened overnight but i realized that i loved chords and i and i loved chords for one reason and one reason only i loved them because of the way that they made me feel and so i started to learn how to put these chords together and Later, I would, re- would realise that I was learning music theory, but at the time, it just felt like I was equipping myself to be as feelingful as possible in the process, be as, as articulate as possible. Because, you know, when, when a child expresses herself with a paintbrush, for example, the first thing to learn is paint and no paint. Now, there, are, there are two extremes, there's paint or no paint. And then you realise, oh, so there's actually, there's paint in a few different colours, and then there's no paint. So, then it's about what colour you use when. And then you realise, well, there's there's dense paint and there's sparse paint and then there's silence. And so then those three become the thing. And the more interested you become in it and the more willing you are to open yourself up to the process of it, whether or not you want to call these this process anything or put labels on things, which many people don't, you're learning a dialect, you're learning a language, which is enabling you to make choices as a creative person. And so I guess the one thing I'd say is that for, for people who are wondering about music theory, first of all, please don't worry about being scornful because I was very scornful and I think it's very healthy to be scornful of, of a lot of things in education. I was, I was a very scornful educatee. Whenever anybody does anything, whether it's a sport or, or, um, or making any kind of art, music or dance, um, speaking, ri- writing as a linguist, even as, as a mathematician, as a scientist, as anything, a politician, it's, it's, it ends up being about technique but the technique doesn't feel like technique when it's done for a reason. And so I think that the challenge is to enable yourself to create from both a right brain and a left brain perspective, but trusting your instincts. Because at the end of the day, your music is exactly who you are. If you make music, the music is gonna be exactly who you are. However high definition that is today, it is an expression of who you are. That is first of all, an extraordinary way, it's an extraordinary opportunity to learn yourself. And one that I am at this point quite addicted to. But it's it's also it's also this incredible area where you can you can make progress in articulating yourself. And you know, even besides music, I just I love using words, I love articulating things that I see around me to myself, feelings and emotions and moods. But I'm not gonna turn my nose up at learning grammar um because it because I'm not sitting down to learn it I'm I'm intuitively bringing it and breathing it into the process myself and so it doesn't feel like grammar if if someone had said Jacob now it's time to learn grammar I would have said I don't care no I won't do it (laughs) but if somebody inspires me to have something to say then I will learn grammar without thinking it just as I say it breathes itself into the process and I think for me I learned the language without thinking about it and by the time I thought about it I was so interested in it that the process belonged to me and not to anybody else and I think for that reason, the, the 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 left the left brain and right brain approach. I, I guess my point is that it's possible to achieve a true synergy where, if if you're speaking a language and learning a skill, that skill can be on whatever level you want. But a high level skill does not mean a low level feeling. It just doesn't mean that. It's very important that people realize that because suddenly, I think that once once it becomes free, it's it's a bit like what we're saying earlier on. It's like it's possible to achieve x it's possible to achieve y it's possible to achieve z when we stop asking asking ourselves whether it's possible we start asking each other what what's important and what's important and what's possible are two different questions but what's important which seems like the question that the world is asking itself right now is is by far the more important question to be asking with our time
1: yeah and i love that it reminds me i saw this picture of you i don't know where it was but it's in the background weirdly i don't know why my eye went there you had like little post-its oh yeah i don't know <laughs> and it yeah. said like take a break i'm,
2: I'm, I I'm looking remember, at it like, right now a... I'm, yeah take a break blink breathe drink and yes. ground yeah <laughs> i in fact i have love i have that. more i have more of those I, i'm going to put some up in the next few days one of one of my uh it's funny you say that one of my goals for this week is to is to add to my list of <laughs> add to my list of sort of pocket reminders but um yeah
1: sometimes when you are so caught up in things and you forget that those tools are so necessary to take a break to blink to breathe to drink you know yeah feel like, like those bring it back to the a... <laughs>
2: ground yeah
1: and you've also color color coded them which i feel like is so helpful for my like, very <laughs> Thank visual you. brain oh, i'm very glad
2: that you, that you approve
1: no, well, it's something that I do that I always feel like I wonder if what would people would think if they saw the inside of my office because that is like the inside of my brain, right? It's very yeah. revealing. Yeah, it's actually, a very you know what? I, <laughs>
2: I might, I might read out. I've got, I've got a document here on my computer which I, which says like my list of things of little pocket reminders. I, yes. I'll, I'll read out five to you right now because some yes, of them, some of them might it. be fun. So I'm, I just in in a random order. I've got like fifty here, but I'll read out five. Uh, here's one: Don't try to understand it; follow it oh and here's yeah, another one um okay. let me see here's another one be proud to make art that is so itself that people have strong feelings about it which is a nice That's one really because very... sometimes people are afraid of people having strong feelings both positively and negatively because it's a little especially overwhelming now. especially yes. now absolutely mm-hmm. here's another one wisdom is unspoken which again <laughs> is one that i need to remind myself of from time to time because Because I like speaking so much.
1: Yes. (laughs) You You do? Yeah. (laughs) Um, I love it. Yeah. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Um, Forgive me for the you you see in me.
1: That's tough. That almost makes me feel, I don't know. I need mean, I, that. I that I sit. I can sit with for a while.
2: Yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. I'm sitting with it too. I haven't fully understood that one yet. But. Well, I
1: understand it from a place of like self discovery, and again, what you said earlier, like projection. And again, this sounds yes. um, as uh, kind of ph- philosophical as possible. But the true sense of you is obviously always projected in somebody else, which it is, is why we like the things we like and don't like the things. Yeah, we Yeah, like. but
2: sometimes I I forget that. You know, if I if I have a problem with somebody, or if somebody is winding me up, or if somebody is even oh, if somebody God. is in, inspiring me, or it just if I have a reaction to somebody, then I'm reacting. I'm probably reacting to a part of myself in the other person.
1: Oh, absolutely. That's why I always have to stop when I'm like, "Damn, I, that's right. my Right. It's like don't
2: don't jump down their throat. It's it's okay. It like it's really I I'm I need to forgive myself in them to forgive them, and that's right. just something. I've, it's a, it's a recent idea of mine, but it's well, it's not an idea of mine, but it's a realization of mine that has made some things clear which is nice.
1: It's um, definitely it helps you compartmentalize different relationships like if you've got complex relationships with people or even within your own work. Yeah. It certainly helps you navigate that a little bit easier oh, because you're then like tender and kind and all the things that like we kind of spoke about earlier. But yeah, yes, I no love for that sure. one. Okay Very good. Okay, here's okay, one.
2: here one more. Um yes. leap and the net will appear. That one's quite well known. But sometimes, you know, it's that thing of, you know, you you can't be guided if you're standing still. You have to walk forwards to be guided, right? Um, That one's kind of self-explanatory. Here's another. Relish imperfections and take shortcuts. Um, And that one to me.
1: That's very important. It's important because I can go,
2: as you can probably imagine, I can go into designing, you know, the difference between and 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 things like that. Become so important that I lose perspective, and so sometimes thinking, you know, it's nice if you leave a if you, if you leave a little bit of human being in this, and just and and cut a corner. It's okay. Move faster. Move move forwards. Um,
1: and know. just play. And Where and and
2: just play because as, as someone like me, I'm 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 such a perfectionist that I can forget that if you listen to this through a child's ears, the child just hears the primary colors. So it's like remind yourself of the primary colors. Don't worry if it's not exactly the thing that is the most perfect. And it's funny because in my process a lot of the time I record it rough, I make it perfect and then I make it imperfect because perfect sucks. (laughs) And it's like a pattern that I always do. And I end up sort of getting the perfect imperfection to to be in the song. And it always feels kind of silly, but it feels natural for some reason or or another.
1: Is that why you tend to, because I've never had the chance to see you perform live, not yet, but is that why you perform sometimes barefoot.
2: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always perform without shoes. I don't know
1: if there's a I don't know if there's a relation to that, but that was the one thing that I was <laughs> like, he has no shoes on. Yeah,
2: or you are <laughs> correct. I have no shoes on. Um
1: you go, well sometimes you have socks, which I find interesting because they're usually colourful and like I I, I do like I
2: do like my socks. I like my socks yeah. very much the only problem with socks sometimes is if you're playing on a stage which is often like Too you know the, the, like the brand new slippery wooden stages. Yes.
0: Oh, yeah. And I do well, a lot of running around, man. I'm going yes. left and right.
2: I'm I'm moving. At, I I go 20 miles an hour, um yeah. and so if I'm wearing socks, it's I'm literally going to fall onto the first row, and it'll be really. But then, bad.
1: so when you don't have your socks on, is that your way of like grip. literally grounding? It's grip. Yeah. You? Okay.
2: But but yeah, but 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 philosophically, I think that well first of all, I I, I it's, comf- it's comfy It's um, comfy. Second of all, there's one particular device on stage, which is called the Harmonizer. And it's an instrument that I created with my friend Ben Bloomberg, who's a PhD student at MIT in Boston. We built it from scratch. And the instrument is such that I can sing a note and I can play a chord and it sings all the notes in the chord with with my voice in real time. So it's like I can be my own on-the-spot choir. I can design an ensemble of voices in real time. I can improvise the chords by playing them. Um, The controls for that, there are a few few special effects um, underneath the instrument which is basically a keyboard and a microphone are three pedals and it's it's a bit like a piano in the sense that the pedal on the right is a sustain so if I go ah oh, and I play a chord and it sings the chord and I hold that that pedal down then it will sustain okay but that pedal is actually three tiny buttons that are impossible to play with shoes you have to play them with feet because your feet are precise enough and what I actually did because the buttons are really uncomfortable is I put little spoons on them and okay. so we call them the spoons pedals, and it's three—it's okay. it's three spoons on a little pedal. But I need to use my big toe to tell the device which pedal I'm pressing. Because if I if I hit it with my shoe, I, I always like okay. hit the one next to it too. So there is it actually is. a practical reason too. Um, okay so your to
1: toe can be the little sensor so yeah you can, you can you, yeah i can, can like i can okay. hit just
2: the right button with my toe in a way that with my shoe like my shoe is, is too low res you know
1: i feel like even like the things that i've watched of you doing like presentations and things like that you've you haven't had is this a weird thing to talk not about by all. the way no Please i stop love it me, not, this
2: is totally I'm this is great i love that you've picked up on this
1: um, but i'm fascinated by it because i know my connection like if i get out in nature i have to take my shoes off do you really and it oh, isn't that, that, Well, of course, because like either than me like licking a tree yeah like right. i don't know how else to connect either than like if, especially or like growing up with a beach by nearby oh, and having that you know feeling that rawness well it's is touch isn't think,
2: it it's contact sure. it's it's human it's contact with the with the things around you and so for me in, yeah, in, a, in, a, in a very straightforward yeah. way, feet like feet on ground is slightly more grounding than feet on sock on shoe on ground.
1: <laughs> feet on sock on shoe on ground. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but yeah. I do, I feel that and I hear you and I really am fascinated by it. I think it's ridiculous in, the very, in a very good way. Oh, totally. And I I'm also feel like you're not then taking yourself too seriously because somebody with your brain and understanding and knowledge, I could feel maybe that might get overwhelming sometimes so maybe if you're taking <laughs> sure. your shoes off and taking your socks off that may allow you to be a little bit lighter
2: well put i think that you. i don't know that absolutely i mean it makes me feel like i'm here in this in this room it's like it looks like i'm at home because the whole thing is a game the whole thing is for fun it's it's a joyful expression it's not serious music is not biology it's not it's not serious it's actually just a language and so for sure like i, I do love digging around and and Getting the balance right and understanding the ingredients, I love it. I really do. But at the end of the day, I, it's it's not. It's it doesn't matter. I mean, life doesn't matter too much. It's it's something that people forget. Is that there's not really a reason for you to be alive. It's 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 not. It's not all for something. You're not. Right. You're not alive so that there's so that there's the f- symphonic finale. It, it you you basically you basically die. I mean, that is well, you definitely die at the end of your life. And that's I mean, fine. you could
1: basically die too. That would be yeah. really fine if you just like. Well, I suppose that's a ghost if you're half in the wall and half outside. Sure. Half-arty.
2: Yeah. I mean that that that's a that's a whole different conversation. But, sure. but 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 basically, yeah. Being being alive is is for no reason, and that is absolutely beautiful. And it's to be it's to be it's to be reveled in. It, it's like it's like looking up at the sky and realizing I'm I'm tiny. And for some people, that would make them feel insignificant and small and worthless and sad but for me it's the that's the best feeling it's in the helpful. world feeling yeah. like I'm a small part of a big moving thing and that and that it's all going to be it's all going to go and I should give it away and I should express and explore and I should I should take time and and get to know the things in in my life and the things inside my my mind and the right. things in my world and plant seeds plant as many seeds as possible and and I- ideas as possible in in the world and travel around it's 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 a it's a nice thing to to realise, oh hey, it's it's all good. You know, it's not it's not like there's a big it's not like there's a big reason why we're all here. It's important just to try and release ourselves right. from that and, and some that, that's that that release is, is where the magic happens for me.
1: Right. Living is finding that reason. Totally. Right. But I feel like that kind of brings me to wonder rather about your connections with these legends. Like maybe because of your attitude i don't know i mean normal people not that you're not normal
0: (laughs) i'm I'm not that normal well yeah you're
1: you're not yeah come on but like and i mean that in the most wonderful (laughs) way um i'm sure you know but like quincy jones and herbie hancock and like even looking at your moon collaboration and like (laughs) who's on there like oh my god like uh hans zimmer like and you obviously collaborated with him on the Boss Baby soundtrack as well. I did
2: do that, yeah, yeah.
1: I interviewed him a few years ago and he's just this like
2: isn't he isn't he a, isn't he a wild maverick is, he's 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 a I legend felt like he's I felt so like great. He
1: opened his he like unscrewed his brain opened it he lit, did he like oh, lucky take you. a spoon and like eat it yeah exactly <laughs> it's
2: like honey it's 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 kind of it's wacko but
1: do you feel like because of your attitude and connection to your own musical journey and experience you can collaborate easily with people like that like your idols or do you absolutely freak out just like anyone <laughs> else might
2: well i mean i suppose the human in me does always freak out at the first time it's like okay. oh okay oh this really is this person Jeez, okay like I remember when I met Stevie Wonder the first time it was like oh my okay, god okay there, there here you are this there this is this your is skeleton happening. the skeleton yeah. that made the music that I like <laughs> in front of me covered with your skin it's, it's like okay um but it's—I mean, it's—it's obviously—it's a, a privilege to, you know, to to know these people. What you realize knowing them is that they're just people, and that's that's the that's the magic. They're people, sure. oftentimes who are just who are determined to do things well, and who are determined to to find the value and the human in things, and to focus on those. Because people who do things for themselves, who don't do things for people, and who do things in an insular way, can be brilliant minds, but they often don't reach the point of legacy as As someone like Quincy does, for example, um, Quincy is such a humanitarian, and i don 't really use that word lightly because you know everyone 's a humanitarian but but if you spend time with Quincy and you watch him interact with people, you realize how much it 's not just that he feels like he should he loves it, he just loves people, he loves learning people, asking them about themselves where they come from, he likes trying to speak the language that they say with the country that they say they 're from and and he loves getting involved he loves getting 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 nooky and getting cranny with this stuff and yes. and i love that he's 87 now and he is as curious as, as he's ever been i think that in some ways like what what draws us together you know like for example herbie me and herbie are both basically children even though we're both adults and we're different aged as adults we're basically we're basically children in the sense that we are not we're, we're not going to shut down an idea we're going to let an idea be itself we're going to we're going to Get our rocks off on just something being cool and something sounding amazing and something being weird and wacko and we, we just we just goof out together man really it's like me and Herbie just sit and play like weird chords with like strange intervals in them and laugh and and talk about and talk about life and and to me I think that you know someone like Herbie has undergone such a loss of ego you know if I'd met Herbie when he when Herbie was 25 I don't know if I would have if I would have got, gotten on with him in the same way, because I feel like he, I don't know, in some ways just we align at this moment. You know, he, I'm I'm a very kind of young, excited person, and Herbie is an older, very excited person. But we've kind of, I suppose, we have both arrived at, at at the present moment from, in some ways, a very very different place. In some ways, a, a similar place, which is basically we are fashion. You know, we're not going to shut things down, and someone who is brilliant. Uh, often, I, I feel like often those people have to find a way of being brilliant without the fact that they're a celebrity taking over. And it's a challenge right. that some people don't know how to how to scale. But you know, the, the people that you brought up, Hans, Quincy, and Herbie, are all people that I, I don't even really associate them with being celebrities. I associate with, with them as being human beings that I love and being people that I respect, like people that I respect, not names or business cards or number sure. of YouTube views. It's like really these are people in the world that I just I think they're just freaking awesome and so I think that for me you know having having met a lot of these heroes you realize that actually everyone's kind of in the same position everyone's trying to make valuable stuff in their life and everyone no one knows what the hell they're doing that's one thing it's definitely for sure. <laughs> no one knows what they're doing I don't know what I'm doing you don't know what you're doing no everyone neither. listening <laughs> doesn't know what they're doing but no. that that's the whole point is that we're trying we're trying to find it out what what it's all about and 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 it's nice to to study that it's nice to give yourself a reason to learn a language which enables you to discover that and I love having met you know some of these people that I feel have mastered that language in, in, in their own lives and seeing them being so aligned I love spending yeah. time with those guys because it's like you know they they, they don't need to prove anything anymore they can just they can just be themselves
1: I mean, no one really should feel that level of needing to prove something. Like, as you said earlier, like, having that, like, taking that away is so important. Like, the only time I fuck up, and I'm allowed to swear because it's my show, cool. but the only <laughs> time I allowed to mess up is really when I'm so focused on this imaginary audience, oh, either yeah. reading my I can words to that. or... And that for me is uh, when I go outside of myself and forget, like, what is the reason why Leo is here, then yeah. I am completely on, I'm tumbling th- like this little blob through the universe. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, then,
2: because, because why, yeah. you know, it's easy. And I think, feel like, you know, people who are creative are often people who are sensitive and people who are sensitive, which is obviously, you know, one of the biggest blessings you can ever be born with is, is sensitivity, even though it's very painful. Um is is just the feeling like at any moment your entire cathedral can come crashing to the ground like a house of cards. Oh yeah, because
1: you're putting it all out there. You're Everything's like out literally there shaking and, going, yeah. Hey, what what do you think?
2: <laughs> and part of the part of the kind of majesty of being a creative person is is the fact that you need to be able to See, you, you know, you, you're you're sensitive enough to to sense what feels good and what doesn't feel good. If something doesn't feel good, it's easy to be like, oh, oh, so it doesn't feel good. So so that means I'm not good. Oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Everything's going, whoosh, and then suddenly you go down of into course. the into the wormhole, and into and pit, you know, yeah. I I know that sensation so well, and I you know I have <laughs> I've be being me, I've made little lists of like rescue remedies of like things that can get me have out you? of that. Yeah, I have. Um, is it
1: too personal to share
2: no I can I can read uh, let me find a couple of bits that I can read out Because is, I, I,
1: is, is that okay for me to ask oh it's absolutely I okay to, I love okay. sharing this
2: stuff because otherwise it's just me that reads it and it's right. nice if <laughs> it's nice if people can people can well, know this especially stuff
1: especially during this time like this entire show that I've created for the last year or two is all based around like our connection to performance and why we perform oh, why yeah. people perform and the creativity attached to that and the identity attached there. and obviously when people have like you mentioned little ideas of how to get themselves back into the world or back into that moment then they
2: help that's yeah.
1: like I mean, well, that's it, it, the it, it's gold dust isn't it and yeah. obviously
2: you know this and i won't read out the whole document because it's super long and also it's it applies to a lot of this just applies to me because it's written in my own language but I'll, I'll read out i'll read out some of it at the beginning so first line is yes. you're fucking awesome <laughs> <laughs> and then the next line is do you care and then there's a, there's a flowchart. No goes okay. to enjoy. And yes goes to what can I do to help? And then there's a few things below. I mean, the, now this goes on and on and on. It's like, okay, if you care, if you care that that it hurts, because sometimes you don't care that it hurts. You know, if I read a, right. a YouTube comment that is just nasty and whatever, then actually I don't really care because the the, the, the bottom line is actually I don't really care what you think. But sometimes right. I do care, you know, like if, if it's my mom who says, that is a something 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 decision, and I and I care. Then it's like then I can I can go through and diagnose what it was that shut me down, and figure out how to get out of it. So so here's one: Have you slept? <laughs> and no, the answer to that in question. my life is often, oh, actually no. And same as have you eaten? No, yes. I've forgotten to eat. I've forgotten to sleep. Classic creative spirit. Um, and then yeah, it, it's impossible to compare your life to anybody else's. That's what one thing it says here, which is true, because everybody can everybody only knows their own world. And it doesn't matter how yeah. many people you know, how many things that you study. You you only see the world as your own world, and so you can't really compare what you've achieved to what somebody else has achieved. You can't say she or he has achieved more than I have achieved, so so they're worth more than me. You can't say that because it's not the way it works. No one no one did, no one was you in your life other than you, and you've done you the way that you've done you for a reason. And in, it's arguable that everything in your life that has ever happened to you happened in your best interest and i am yet to find e- any evidence to suggest that the contrary perspective is more valid than that because you can always learn from everything you can learn from every discomfort you can learn from you can learn from, from your comforts too um but
1: moving... it's also okay to surrender sorry i hope this is okay no for no no go for say, it. but yeah. i do feel it's important for anybody listening it is also okay to surrender to like if it is painful It uh, might not have a lesson at that moment i do feel like there's like this you're so right there's this this thing that happens and especially like as you get older you sometimes are just exhausted from all the things happening yeah and then you're like ah you know what i don't want to know the lesson right now i understand you're so right you know i'm okay that's where faith (laughs) steps
2: into it really you know it's like and it's not not necessarily faith in in anything but it's, yeah. it's, it's faith in the fact that you don't need to know all the answers right now. And that's another thing on this list. It's like, enjoy not knowing all the answers because, yeah. because you don't need to. And imagine if you did, then life would be really boring. It's really nice to be challenged. And it's nice to have, to have these things. And, and in some ways, you know, when I, when I do, when I spiral down or, you know, when I'm having an awful time or when I've had a long day or a, I can't get the idea right, or somebody's been nasty or whatever, then it's, it's always, there's always a voice in my head. that I try and make sure there's always a voice in my head that is looking from from outside my emotions because obviously I'm not my emotions right I'm I'm not even my thoughts I'm kind of I am my attention I can put my attention wherever I want to put it and from from the outside it's nice even if it's for like 0.3 seconds realizing oh oh this is happening and this is fine and this is cool and I don't mind and I and I welcome I welcome this as a scenario this is it's okay that this is happening it's really painful and that's fine and I, I'm not gonna try and change it. I'm not gonna try and change myself to get rid of the right. pain. I'm gonna I'm gonna understand and acknowledge that this really hurts right now and it won't really hurt forever. And in some ways for me, when I when I kinda of, when I let that when I let that feeling happen and I stop judging, it's the same as an idea. If I stop judging that feeling, suddenly it's like this epic relief. And sometimes the relief can can dissolve the tension, weirdly enough. And that often happens is once you stop yeah. fighting it, once you stop saying, This is horrible, I don't like that it's horrible, or I this is hard, if you let go, then it it doesn't always change the scenario. Sometimes it's it is still hard. Like, you know, yeah, tomorrow you probably still won't be able to leave your house because of coronavirus. But you have two options. One is you can you can struggle and you can fight against it. And and to in my mind, the other is that you can you can kind of acknowledge it and and, and you can trust it. And you can trust that there is a lesson in it, even if you don't know that lesson right now and and trust yeah. that we as human beings are capable of of bringing out the best in each other and that that's and that you can do the, the, the you can do as much as you
0: can do to help that happen. Pause the podcast.
1: Pause the podcast.
0: Are you looking at a calendar full of great events but struggling to find tickets? Stubhub's gotcha. Whatever your favorite band, team, or venue, StubHub is here to save the day with the best tickets for any budget.
1: Whether you're looking for a seat at a Broadway show, tickets to the summer's big arena tour, or a night of cheering on your hometown team, StubHub has the seats you're looking for at the price you want to pay.
0: Head to cosradio.lv StubHub or their user-friendly app to find tickets that are 100% guaranteed by FanProtect. StubHub's never sold out, with the most shows, the most tickets, and the most fans.
1: So, head on over to cosradio.lv StubHub, or the StubHub app. The best tickets to the best experiences in music, sports, and theater.
0: That's cosradio.lv StubHub.
1: I mean, I love all of this. Like, I'm lapping it up because this is certainly <laughs> the language that, like, I speak, and it certainly hits a different point. But I also think that, like, when you have that, I when you have that ability to separate yourself, it's always good to call it something. So, like, yeah. I don't mm. know, like, and that I only find. I'm 34. I only found that out like the other day, and i have been on a on a journey of self-discovery mm. my whole life. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and That's I always so find. That like, if I am feeling low, I call it something so that lowness is like smooth, and I'm sharing SMU, a lot I love now. it. SMU, so that, like, she's beautiful. or he is called SMU. and so like, I say to my husband like, smooth is here today. <laughs> smoo's in the room. <laughs> smooth in the yeah. room. If it you is. Acknowledge I, I, SMU, I love that. Go for it.
2: <laughs> I, I love lo- and I love that you're able to acknowledge that too, because sometimes people can just people can like what what is with this person right now and actually just saying you "You know what (laughs) today today's a smooth day
1: (laughs) and and that's okay
2: and i and and i'm not gonna i'm not gonna try and I'm not even going to try,
1: ch- try and push Change it. I'm,
2: I'm just, I'm just telling you how it is right now.
1: And then it also lightens it, right? So you're yeah. creating this thing yeah, that's exactly. outside of you're, yourself because often, yeah. you know, that's heavy. Like things like get heavy, and then you're creating this thing outside that you can t- see and touch and punch and push and uh, yeah, you know. and talk
2: to and have a have a meeting with, exactly. and you can say, look, look here, right? It's all very well you saying X, Y, and Z, but right. blah, blah blah blah, and also you can exactly. you can welcome. You can welcome Smoo you know you right, can, exactly. you can yeah, say smoo
1: can sit down next it's like to you thanks for visiting yeah. it's nice
2: it's nice to see you thank you for you know thank you for being here I, thank you you
1: dickhead you yeah, yeah, <laughs> bugger exactly. off.
2: and and you know what's you know what's funny is is oftentimes when when i get when i get this feeling which which you call smooth it's yes, it's like you can
1: call your smooth too by the way SMU okay, okay is good yeah anyone who's listening to SMU. SMU is
2: available okay um often, the domain
1: name is available yeah yeah yes.
2: smoo.gov.uk um but to me when i get when i get that feeling and and it goes deep and it's not just like a surface thing like okay someone like nicked my wallet and i feel sad or sure, someone was just sure. really rude to me on on the train it's like if if something goes deep then often it, it seems to me recently in the last six months having thought about it in this way that it's 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 probably the child it's the child in me not being heard and it's the child saying i don't I'm not being listened to right now and it's very, very uncomfortable and I'm probably going to do the things that I learned to do when I was very young
1: that right, help like me feel yeah. heard.
2: And some of those are not particularly functional, you know, some of those are not nice patterns, but it's important to realize that the voice that is complaining, the voice that is hurting is not bad. It's not wrong. It's not unwelcome. It's actually so wonderful that you're being made to feel this stuff because by feeling it, you're it, you're able to 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 let it out. And so it is about welcoming smooth. It's like okay, so it's good that you're here because you're reminding because you're I can't reminding believe, me.
1: Honestly, like I just had an out of body experience. I had a sip of water and tea, and I went. I can't believe I've just told Jacob about Smoo. Like Smoo is now. Like I, I also like pride myself. I again, this is a control thing. Like I keep certain parts of myself private, which Me I think too. is a good Me thing too. and a bad thing. Yes, I'm sure I can feel that. But I do, I do love that. I feel comfy enough to tell you about Smoo. Oh, that, I,
2: I'm, I feel, I feel honoured that I've been the one on, on whom you've bestowed, you, you've bestowed SMU. this. I, and I, I, I will I look after that. your Smoo. But oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I will. Um,
1: But so that kind of pushes me to a point of like wondering how you are then when you are performing and you have that level of doubt. Like, especially, like, tell me about the first time you performed. Like, do you remember that moment and how Hmm. you were prior to, like, when was it? Where were you? Because you mentioned it earlier. That was in Switzerland, right?
2: Yeah, it was in Switzerland. Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, the first thing to say is, you know, everybody has doubts. And I think it's it's very easy to, Look at social media, for example, and think, "Oh, all of my heroes seem to just be constantly confident, and everything's always easy for them, and blah blah blah." And so, I must be wrong for having a, for having trouble with this, or I must be wrong for feeling insecure. If if you if you are genuinely secure all the time, then you are literally a superhuman, and I also feel yes. sorry for you because you don't have any any dynamic range in your yeah. emotional life. Um, you
1: ain't messing up. Yeah. yeah. So,
2: so yeah, what I'd say. Yeah. Okay. So, so to answer your question, yeah, the first time I performed, there was so much of that was unknown. I, I was, I, in some ways, I didn't really, I didn't feel like I was present that much because so much of the the show that I did was it was extremely complex. Uh, to to give you like a thirty second spiel, yes. It's it's me with ten instruments around me. So there's a grand piano, double bass, uh, oh, keyboard. God. There's the harmonizer vocal instrument I mentioned, percussion. There's melodica. There's all sorts of things, electric bass. I'm in the centre, I'm playing all these instruments, I'm looping them on top of one another, I'm, I'm, in, I'm interacting with this technology that, that keeps taking risks for me and, and takes me out of my comfort zone and all this kind of stuff, and there's tons to remember, right? It's like, okay, two bars at the bass, then it play back, plays back for two bars, then I go to the percussion, I play one bar of four things, which is four bars, and then I've got two bars to get all the way to the piano in time to play this particular chord on the piano Wah! and sing at the same time. And yes. then it's like, oh, I also have to remember to look out at the audience and smile. You know? <laughs> and so to be honest, to be completely honest with you, that first time I performed, I, there was so much to remember that there wasn't even much room to be nervous because I just, I just had to remember it all. That, that said, I, I just, I, there were so many things to, to remember. I forgot to look at the audience the whole time. And I yeah. watched, I watched the video back and I, I look pretty doubtful. And I also look down all the time and I'm looking into the instruments because first of all, that's the emotional currency I'm used to when I'm making music at home. Yes. And, and second of all, I I didn't have those chops, man. At that point, I didn't know what it meant to stand on stage and perform because I've never really liked performers. I've never liked people who stand and perform. I like people who stand and communicate and deliver and connect. Okay. And so I would look at musicians who were performing, like, very emotionally on the piano. And they'd sing really... And all this body language. And I would be really, to to be frank, I'd just be turned off by all of that. So... I didn't walk onto the stage feeling any need to perform. But looking back, I, there's a lot of the, the sort of majesty of that process w- was missing. And I learned that over the over the coming two years, I did about 250 shows with the one man show, literally in every corner of the world. And by the time I finished in Australia, it was so, but because all of the muscle memory of what was going on stage was, was so ingrained, the entire show was about the audience. And I feel- Right, and you I, could it, open, I open. I could, I could open, mm-hmm. I could relax. And so that, that process of learning how to be on stage like it gave me so much confidence, but it, it, it wasn't the kind of thing I could sit in my room and practice. You can't practice being on stage. You just have to be on stage. It's the only way of learning that. it. Yeah,
1: and that's also important, I suppose, for any aspect of what you are doing because you're also trying to connect. That's why touring is so fascinating, maybe just for me, but because you're you're constantly in motion and then you have yeah. this like, little space in between where you're like silent and there's nothing happening yeah in in that little waiting room between oh that that moment is
2: that moment is so extraordinary the thing about playing live is it's never ever the same twice if you do it right you know like the, the easy thing for lots of people i find this very difficult but the easy thing for lots of people is to learn a thing and to do that thing again and again and again and again but for me it, I guess it's the same as a teacher saying, Jacob, do this now. And I'm thinking, I don't want to do that now. I want to do something new and exciting now. Um, I can't do the same thing twice. I, I've tried. I can't. And that, I mean, that the, means your, it's interesting. Your
1: setup, but the setup, you don't have the same audience every night. You don't. And you, you don't have the... When you do that harmonizing and you, you get the audience involved, Yeah. you don't have the same... So I suppose you've set it up very cleverly um, in a way where you're sure you're never going to have the same results. Yeah, well, I I
2: suppose I've kind of I've manifested myself a situation where I have to think on my feet because I've learned that that that's something I love doing. And I, I didn't realize that when I was younger. I didn't, you know, I think people people often feel like when they're when they are at their most comfortable, they're at their best. But it's it's kind of impossible to overstate how much that's not the case. For for almost for almost everybody, and I, I know for me that's that's the case, and I know that when I'm thinking on my feet and I'm just about I just about know what I'm doing, um, then that's gonna be the most magical. And and for a while with a one man show, because it because it's loop-based and it's on a click track and things, um, I remember when I was when I was playing that particular show, I would get frustrated because it, it would be me in my comfort zone every day. Because I because I decided what to play, when to play it, how to play it. It meant that it was it was difficult for me to be challenged and difficult for me to be curveballed. And that's until I found the audience. And so now with the audience, it's a whole new thing. And for the last year, well, the whole of last year, I did about, about 67 shows with with a band. And that was a whole new kettle of fish. Because essentially I've got I've got three other multi-instrumentalists with me on stage. We we play to no click track. There's absolutely nothing is pre-recorded. Everything happens live to the to the most Sort of optimum of production level. Everything is everything done live. Even the lighting is is linked to to things that happen musically. So, like for example, my drummer Christian, if he plays a note on the drums, he will trigger the lights to go or whatever. And oh. I love that. It's crazy. And so, how, as is we,
1: that, how, how does he do that?
2: He does that through it's well, it's it's MIDI basically. So there, okay. there's there's a few different ways of of interacting with musical data, but one of the most popular is MIDI. And so he plays a, a MIDI note on the pad which talks to a computer and the computer says, oh, that MIDI note means play this great big gong sound. But yeah, it also yes. sends to Luke and Luke, who's at the lighting desk, can interpret that signal as as whatever. So the, the show runs in, in a sense where each song, for every song, that the, the MIDI messages from Christian mean something different for the lights. And right. if he's playing fast, it can be crazy, but it's obviously there's, there's like zero latency. It's completely and utterly live. So nothing is time-coded. So it, it's a breathing entity. So for me now in some ways it's i'm building towards this this best of both worlds life situation where you know i am i now don't have to be a monkey i don't have to play the same instruments every day at the same time but even though that the learning process of that was so valuable to me now i spend much less of my time you know playing playing ordinary things for them to be looped for me to then go on and do something interesting i spend more of my time at the front of the stage getting the audience to sing and and doing things where i 'm like i 'm a sort of mobile sort of shoeless creature <laughs> rather than someone who's kind of like doing the motions and we right. improvise so much and I love it because there's the improvisational part which is which is a human connection there's the there's the kind of satisfaction of nailing you know particular musical passages the same every night which always. You know, it always ends up happening because there are some moments which are complex that we that we've practiced, um, and then there's the moment at the end of the show where I stand on stage with no with with no ideas, and an audience, and it's completely from scratch every single time, uh, and that to me is is the most human, the most magical. The show really feels, is is that moment because no one knows what's about to happen, and also I'm, I'm not doing it. They're doing it. And to me that is a that's an extraordinary human feeling. It's it's like it's like I was saying earlier on, it's like the feeling of being very small. It's like looking up at the sky and realizing that you're a very small part of something, but you're also the center of your world. It's it's a bit it's a bit like that. It's like I'm attending to a room of, you know, two thousand human beings and I'm not seeing anything. I'm just I'm just giving them eyes and I'm giving them hands and I'm giving them confidence and they and they're doing the singing and and then they start to invent with it and it's it's a really it's a really crazy and very special and also very young mechanism for me because the whole audience playing thing is new I've I've been doing it for you know a a couple of years I suppose but I'm learning a language I I love learning languages as you could probably tell and this feels like the sort of latest and greatest of my most you know the, the fascinations that I most adore and that I find most challenging and it was one of the things I was most excited about for this tour that that just got postponed is is just like learning how to maximize that particular relationship and also just to maximise my my band and, and, and things like that. So you know, when I when I do get on the road, I'm I'm excited to to keep that developing.
1: You said that you didn't really like performers. Are you talking about the ones that are like just static or have a certain set list and just kind of plug and play? Is that the performer? Like, what is it about a performer that you... Because you've created this sense of, like, experimentation, improvisation. Because, yeah. mm. obviously, this is clearly a result of you not enjoying normal performers. So, <laughs> yeah. what, what, what is it about that that kind of rubbed you in a different light? Like, so what, what is it about it that you just didn't connect to?
2: It's, it's a really good question. So, I guess one thing to make clear is it's not, like... It's not every performer. It's not all performers sure. I didn't like. Yes. It's, it's people who... It's people who perform rather than play, and like do you are you familiar with the expression don't muddy the waters so that they may appear deep yes so it's that vibe it's someone on stage being very flamboyant essentially to disguise the fact that there's not much going on yes it's like okay, but you're, you're not really telling a story you're not really engaging the audience you're not you're obviously not challenging yourself you're you're working to your own strengths and and it, it's boring for me as an audience member. I want to see you be a human being I want to see you take a risk I want to see you interact I want to see you on the edge I want to say you're not playing to the gallery I want to see you not trying to please the audience don't don't be a rock star be a be a you know be a linguist with it be a be a poet be a be a storyteller and there are many performers um who I've seen do this well but there are far more performers who I've seen not quite do this well and often you know often they're very technically proficient but it's, it's, it's those who are willing to, to tell the stories that give me the goosebumps. And so I suppose what I'd say is that I, when I was when I was building the show, and I was thinking about what I wanted the show to feel like, which is all I can really do. And I, I knew that I didn't want it to feel like I was always in my own comfort zone. I wanted it to feel like I was thinking on my feet. And, I, and not just not just feel like that for the audience, but feel like that for me. I wanted to feel like I was on my feet. I wanted to feel like I was on the edge. And so that was a lot harder with the one-man show than it is now with the band. Um, but in my mind, there's a difference between being emotional and being connected. If you're emotional, and I know this, I know emotional people too. Emotional people are, oh, the emotions. Oh, I'm so happy. Nice. I'm so upset. I'm so, oh my, god, I can't believe this happened. Blah, 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 blah. People who are connected, I don't need to overstate their emotions they just are they just right they just exist exactly. and yeah. and so obviously you know as human beings we can't just exist as passive things that that's not human but neither is it always necessary or even particularly ironically enough it neither is it particularly emotive for me to have somebody saying emotions at me that that to me feels like a lot of projection but for me when I sit and I experience how I'm feeling in a moment and I'm in the audience and someone on stage is doing the same thing that is the most visceral of connections that it's possible to, to explain it it's not that I'm being performed at and you know it's funny to to but to bring it back to, to the parenting things so I've thought a lot about why my parenting like how my parenting has affected me both in positive and negative ways and I think that if parents say say this is right and this is wrong and you are right and you are wrong and this is a good behavior and this is bad behavior. And if you do the bad behavior, then you're punished. And if you do, do the good behavior, then you get the sugary sweet. That is like a performer saying, the performance is great and it's here and we're doing loud and it's very blah blah. Rather than saying, this performance is what it is. You make up your own mind about what this performance is. You tell me how this makes you feel. And actually I'm doing this, I'm not doing this for the audience, I'm doing this for myself. And when I see a musician or an artist or or anybody really in the world being for themselves and not for other people, it gives me the confidence to do the same. And that to me is of immense value. It's of immense value. And so
1: And you can feel it too. Like there's a sense of like energy that purses through the crowd. Yeah. You could definitely feel that sense of like why are they here what are they doing
2: totally yeah I, know, and you know. i i know when i don't i know when i haven't got the audience feeling like that i know what oh yeah i know when i'm just showing off i know when i'm doing something <laughs> because i've lost concentration or because i'm really tired or because
0: yes
2: i'm not feeling too secure so i want to do a flowery flamboyant thing and you you feel it you feel when you've got the audience and and there's it's always this dichotomy between yes you give the audience what they want in the sense that you know you you play their favorite songs and stuff but 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 crucially i think that the myth that needs busting here is that is that you is that you you know an artist needs to be a performer They, they, they need to be a rock star they need to overstate everything to the audience they don't audiences want to see artists be artists they want to see them creating something in that moment it doesn't come from the audience accepting me as i am it comes from me accepting me as i am and i might walk onto stage thinking i desperately need some approval today i've had a bad day the child yeah. inside me is feel feels unlistened to and I'm going yeah. on stage and I'm not gonna overstate that. I'm not gonna say, oh, I'm really emotional and I isn't my life awful, which I actually think is a it's a bit of a disease nowadays with the sort of TikTok Gen Z generation. Right, um, because of, it's
1: gamified, sure. It's, it's gamified, like a value system. It's, to it's
2: it. also yeah. it's also, you know, it's like the difference between Billie Eilish and Lizzo accepting Grammys (laughs) and I've thought about this recently I'm a huge fan of both Lizzo and Billie Eilish they're both mavericks and brilliant but but Billie Eilish comes on stage and says oh my god I can't believe I I don't deserve this I I, I'm such a doofus I don't I don't know about this I'm sorry I'm sorry I won I'm sorry everything I just can I'm just I'm just gonna leave the stage and everyone's like oh we love you yeah. And then Lizzo gets up there and says, I am powerful. You are powerful. <laughs> yeah, the world is about strength. This, yeah. <laughs> this is about, we are lifting each other up. And mm-hmm. awards don't matter because humanity matters. And to me, it's very clear to me which, I, which one I, I'm inspired by more. And I think the world, it, I think this generation needs more people who are willing to, to shine their brightest and to, and to inhabit their strength. Man, people feel like now, the whole of the TikTok emotional currency is, I'm such a loser so love me. yeah,
1: And that yeah. drives me up the wall. It's so yeah. frustrating.
2: And it, like it, it's funny. And I, I do laugh at some things because, you know, we all self-deprecate. We all know that, that currency. But man, right about now, we need someone to step in and say, I'm strong. I am not perfect. I am so willing to be myself. And you should be too. And it's not being a bright, shining light in this world is not something to be ashamed of. It's something to celebrate. And everybody has a light that they should be shining brightly. And they can be shining brightly. And And our job is to find that light and Lizzo to me did that when she accepted that speech and and, and And I think Billy does it in a way
1: exactly she does it in a way where she is acknowledging that she's in this position going like what the fuck like I did not expect this there's definitely a a clearly like a humanism tied to that same with Lizzo but it's the other side of that going like we've all known and been talking about Lizzo for years like especially in the music industry like on my side of stuff she has been gigantic she's and a it's titan kind of like you go now and you're like oh, fuck, everyone's finally caught up and she's doing the same thing because she's in, like mm-hmm. I know what I've done I know what I'm know doing where I'm I've strong <laughs>
2: yeah Billy meanwhile is like she's she's inventing this whole new space I mean Billy right. is extraordinary and I yeah I can't don't for a second think that this is me sort of putting Billy down as an artist. I think she's Oh no, I, I definitely do so... I love that
1: you've taken those two examples. Yeah. Because I think that that's also important in understanding how, how dynamic a performer you can become yeah. if you are wanting to get into it. I yeah. mean, because even, you know, for you, I've seen the term like maximalism oh, sure. angle that your music, like, which is kind of fascinating as I'd only ever really heard it used for literature, which is kind of yeah. weird, but <laughs> yeah. like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like there's a way that music is Kind of treated differently in when you analyze it compared to like other artistic forms. I think you're right. About so that. like, you know what I mean? So like, how Billy and Lizzo? Like, can you imagine them in in the realm of <laughs> I don't know the Oscars? Yeah, you know, can you, right, right. I don't know if it's, it would. Fit it's fascinating so well. because
2: you know you say maximalism. Uh, Lizzo, lizzo's a maximalist and, and Billy's a minimalist, right? That's it's a very very clear cut example of that. Which I, I right. think both of both are very important. And I suppose it's important for me to. To differentiate um, the, the sort of yin and yang approach to, to mm, yeah it's, it's important for me to, to differentiate that the difference between it, it's two different axes one axis is energy goes out energy goes in and the other axis is I'm being emotional and I'm being connected and and they're, they're different they're, they're, they're different from each other because it's possible to be emotional and yang and emotional and yin in the sense that you can be emotional and out which is which is Lizzo Lizzo is stupendous like that she's she's going to be she's going to be emotional she's going to tell you how she feels she's going to be un, unapologetic is going to be going to be yin and she, she, she's going to she's going to go in and say I this is crazy to me and the other thing is no one no one in their right mind could ever say that they understand what Billy felt on that stage because no. it's unprecedented. No, well, one... I
1: mean you know you've won you've won Grammys as I, well. I, I have. So I've
2: I've won my I've won my my fair share of your Grammys. Fair share, but, yeah. But I but I'm not 17 years old, and I didn't I didn't right. win 10 or 11 Grammys. You know, between me and and, and me right. and Phineas, like that You're wasn't right. that wasn't what happened. So, you know, all Billy can do is is she can be herself, and I have a huge a huge amount of respect for Billy. But I guess what I would say is that it's possible to. It's possible to be an outwardly expressing, confident, centered introvert. And that in some ways is the majesty of this world. That is, I think that those people are gonna change the world. And it's not that the other people won't change the world, but sometimes I feel like, and I'm really only talking to myself as a younger person, but Mm -hmm. sometimes introverts feel like it will never be their turn to have a voice in the world unless they go inwards. And I went inwards for many years and i went inwards with with relish i loved it i love i love getting inside the whole thing as as you can tell but i think that the the wonderfulness that comes from sharing that process and and letting it be itself not not trying to not trying to exaggerate it not trying to say you know not trying to stand on stage and say i'm going to stretch my personality into being something that i'm not that hopefully you'll really like or i'm going to make my personality you know feel different to, to fit in i'm i'm able to stand on stage. And ju- i'm literally just being me i'm being i'm being me and so going back to the very beginning of this conversation when you said you know is it a different is it like a different jacob that goes on stage right. to the jacob that sits in his room makes music the, the honest answer is if i'm doing it right it's, it's it's the same person it's just two different it's like two different strings to the bow you know it's it's two different ways that i have an outlet of communication and man it's 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 so wonderful being on stage and when you learn what it feels like to be on stage and to be yourself truly to be yin yin and yang to be inward and outward and centered and all these things it's 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 super super addictive and so it's hard to be at home and think oh i won't be able to talk for six months that said you know it's a really good time to think about what's important i wanted
1: to ask what are you gonna do because you know I, i think so wednesday obviously there's some like you know, there's actionables happening. So Wednesday, when this is released, because we're releasing this yeah. on Wednesday, you have a new song coming out with Kimbra, whom I absolutely oh, adore. I love her so like, much. She, <laughs> she is, uh, she, she's been on the show before, um, That's so quite rad. a while ago. That is so rad. And um, Moogfest, she was at Moogfest last, at the beginning of last year, and they asked me to do, like, an audience Q&A with her. And, like, the, her, her fans are just... Like, they feel like your fans. They're so interested in the, the process. They're not, they, they are so interested in the technical side of it, which I love. Like, that, yeah. that's just, it's such a blessing to see. It's,
2: it's amazing to see, you know, artists tend to manifest fan bases that, that suit them, right? Kimbra, right. <laughs> Kimbra, is, Kimbra is such a force of nature. She's so inspiring to me because, because she's actually really an introvert. But she yeah. has this incredible ability to, she has this kind of animal thing. And I just, I, I've i been in love with that for so many years. It's just this amazing energy. It's like she's this creature, but it comes from this inner place. And I, I really feel like there's this amazing fragility that she brings to everything she does. And also a strength that really marries the 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 inward and the outward together. But she's, she's such an amazing kind of thinker, uh, you know, both in terms of emotional output and technical output. She has an amazing array of of stuff that she performs with, that she really thoroughly understands, and you're right, her fans love that stuff too.
1: But obviously, I um, saw a tweet that you were using some of the downtime to work on your yeah the volume three. So yeah. is that done, or what are you? Oh like, man, how are you well, I mean, reshifting? So I find it, right I now? find
2: it hard to finish things full stop. Um, okay. normally the way I, f- I, I finish things is to book myself a flight <laughs> um, yeah because then i have to stop and unfortunately okay. that's not an option right now so nah. i have to rely on something else but yeah basically to to, to sort of put the whole thing in context I, i've been making yes. this I, as a as a as an unapologetic maximalist introvert uh-huh. <laughs> i've been making this um this this quadruple album in the last couple of years it's it's four albums in in one record or four records in one album it's it's called jesse which is spelled d-j-e-s-s-e and it's jesse volume one jesse volume two jesse volume three and jesse volume four volume one and volume two are out and volume three is is imminent it's it's the era of, of volume three right now volume four is sort of is coming next year um and it's been oh it's been such it's been such that the, the learning environment i've always wanted to get in the room with with a bunch of my heroes and see what happens but i never thought i would do it in such a concentrated period of time the idea is that each of the um yeah each of the the albums is, is, is a different universe of sound okay. it's a different it draws from a different bunch of genres from a different musical perspective and and fundamentally is, is is within a different space it's in a different space so volume one is about huge acoustic space it's the orchestra so it's about broad everything opening out. It's the morning. It's it's the dawn. It's the it's it's the sort of setting off on the journey type thing. And I recorded with this incredible orchestra called the Metropole Orchestra, who are based in Holland. And w- when I say orchestra, I don't mean Handel or Haydn. I, should, I sort of mean Jacob. And and so so okay. or, so orchestra becomes essentially like a, another paint in in the in the palette for making, I guess, music that comes from a variety of different places in terms of genre. Like it's not by any means classical. It's not particularly rock and roll. It's not particularly jazz. It's not very folky. But it draws from all these different places, and and so it's this big sense. It's this huge space. The volume two is about is about small acoustic space. It's much more cozy. Much more about folk and jazz and and world music and and uh, and songwriting. It's really based in songs. And I I love volume two. Volume two is a, is a real safe space. It's like a haven for me. And it was when I was making it. I kind of I suppose I diagnosed my my, my volume two, all of my volume two spaces are in need of a hug. <laughs> yeah. And, and so I, I went ahead and made the album that, that solved my, that solved those spaces to me. Yeah. At, at least, I mean, that's why, that's the only, that's the only way that I could have, I could have, um I, I, I could have made it was by having, you know, by having something that I wanted to rescue, I suppose. Right. So I, I, I made my own rescue for, with volume two. It's a very calming album. Volume three is, is, uh, is a very different kettle of fish. Volume three is about negative space it's about inverted space it's it's like where sound is not in, in a room it's not in a big room or a small room or a big space or a small space it's in it's in the inward space so it's it's really digging around in the darkness and because i think i, I think it's because i love harmony so much i i haven't done too much music creating thus far which really enjoys digging around in the sort of sonic dissonances of things mm-hmm. i like things that sound beautiful together but volume 3 is really the first time i've dug into the soils of just this extraordinary um world that that is opened up when you stop trying to make things harmonious and so it's really gravelly it's really it's it's really strange sounding it's it's like a sort of lucid dream that went wrong at times Sometimes it's a lucid dream that went right. <laughs> it's really, it's really funky. Um, too. it's kind of funky and hip hoppy. And
1: so, what is an example like for somebody who doesn't understand or doesn't really connect to that phrasing of negative yeah. space? Yeah. So what? How? How? What is an example of that? So,
2: so when I say negative space, first of all, I, space is literal in one sense, in the sense that it's it's the amount of space around the sound. You know, orchestras are recorded in big rooms and they're performed in big concert halls. Um, afternoons. Uh, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm trying not to be figurative. It's something I find hard. Um, no, no, for, no. For, for, oh, no. You can totally be. It's no, easier. Yeah. It's, it's all good. So for, for volume two, um, the, the, the space that I, that the music is in is, is a smaller space. It, most of it is this exact room, in fact, in the sense that, you know, it's music that's made by firesides or, you know, in, 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 in bedrooms or over cups of tea, you know. And so the, the physical space, like the amount of reverb in the sound is... Small. It's a smaller space. Negative space, I guess, means that a lot of the sounds aren't aren't real acoustic sounds. It's like synthesizers and drum machines and electronic sounds, digital sounds, weird soundscapes, and and interesting things like that. So I've really gone into the sort of granular the the, the granular nature of sound, and I've put together this strange kind of system where I've I've really enjoyed writing these songs that aren't based in the guitar or the piano. They're based in in a, a weird sound you know a weird loop i walk around the world and record a lot of strange things on my phone nowadays the phone has a pretty oh, decent do? microphone i do yeah <laughs> so you, but you know. could
1: still do that in the time of coronavirus you're still allowed to walk around
2: I, I mean i could i could try i feel like within a week we're gonna have like drones who shoot us down oh if we God, leave our front door <laughs> but but i i mean even just within get my garden get the drone no. yeah, yeah 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 the drone the drone i can make into into some dubstep or something i'm sure yeah
1: exactly uh,
2: but you know yeah uh, it's
1: i laugh but i'm scared <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: right it, i think that's why we all laugh because it is absolutely yeah. terrifying right now yeah. but um okay yeah, vo- volume 3 you know it's 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 based much more in that sort of like electronic space but it it visits a lot of fun genres in terms of like funk and in terms of soul and r&b and hip hop and there's a bunch of rappers on this album and I've never worked with rappers before it's really solely it kind of there's the pocket goes really deep and it's also really bizarre and i've learned so much from extrapolating on my own weirdness and it's something that i've literally learned from kimbra like kimbra is the person i've learned this from most of all because she is used to walking that line between crazy technical um kind of synth crazy stuff um, and just someone who can sing and deliver a voice and so her kind of hybrid approach to all this stuff is really interesting and I've always wanted to work with her and I worked with her we recorded this song which is called In My Bones it's coming out in yeah at this point a couple of days but when this airs it will be today I guess today (laughs) today. hello it's Wednesday Um, (laughs) yeah Yeah. that that song we, we recorded it about 18 months ago it feels like a long time but it's it's like it's it's a bit of an anthem in my life now. It's like it's really funky. Uh, there's this really crazy video that goes with it where we're running around, throwing skeletons to each other and doing extremely bizarre things, which I we so enjoyed doing. We shot that about three weeks ago in Sacramento, back when the world was still a travelable place. Yes. Um, and also <laughs> in this song, that there's uh, do you know the band Tank and the Bangers?
1: yes very well yeah. are they, they're also on that
2: they are on this, on this song. The song so oh so tank gosh, and the bangers I, i've discovered quite recently i discovered them through their unbelievably special tiny desk concert tiny desk um, i know oh, oh so, so so brilliant so cathartic so good. um and tank <laughs> so yeah good. tank ball as she calls herself is just this this ridiculous force of nature she, she's like a yeah she's like this animal spirit it's a bit like Kimbra, but kind of from a different space and so I caught her really recently about 3 weeks ago actually when I was finishing the the track I was this is very classic Jacob but I was um yeah I was uh, I was mastering the track and I had about 6 hours until it was due mm-hmm. and Tank sent me the rap that she that she wrapped over in the middle of the song and my mind was like truly blown and so she made it by the skin of her teeth into the song but I'm so overjoyed that she did and so it's it's in my bones featuring Kimbra featuring Tank and the Bangers available now i guess <laughs> um, today you today. can go and watch Yay, the video Wednesday. i love that the
1: video is going to be out as well because that's will be always well. a great accompaniment the,
2: the video is really fun um I'm, I'm super proud of it and yeah so this is this is single number two of jesse volume Jessie three. three um and so in total the whole of jesse is about is about 50 songs it's it's 50. literally everything yeah 50 like sure. five zero and oh my god it, it's something i've been obviously planning for a while but it's it's really, really a privilege to learn music by making it with my heroes in this way.
1: Can you tell me anything else about it before you give too much? Like, is there anything else you can tease or from, hint about it? From from, from Volume
2: 3? Yes. Um, there, there are bits and pieces. I, I don't want to give everything away, um, yes. but there's there's a ton of crazy music. Um, the collaborations are sort of spread far and wide. The, the song that's come out already is with my friend Daniel Caesar, yes. who is just is such a beautiful guy. And then this one is with Kimber and Tank and the Bangers. There's a song with Tori Kelly, I can officially say now as well, which is crazy exciting. There's also, and no one knows this yet, but there's a song on the album, which which is a bit like an alphabet song. And every single, every single, it goes through every single letter and every letter is a different language and every, every language is a different rap. And so, and every rap is a different beat. So it's this insane song. Is
1: it the same rapper?
2: No, it's, it's oh, I've got a oh. rapper for every language. I've got like, I've got at this point, about 11 or 12 languages confirmed. I'm hoping to have more confirmed. And so I am I do a little bit in English to start and then it goes literally across the whole world. And, and it's a really crazy idea that's just coming you, together now if you now. need
1: any african like Kosa, or if you yo need are any, you like... kidding
2: this is really well, yeah
1: i mean i'm fr- well i'm I, as you can tell from south africa i can't i can't rap or speak Kosa <laughs> very well i can understand it but i can speak back to you in english um, but if you need anyone, that's amazing. I definitely know a lot of people. Oh, that's crazy! Okay, back like in South Africa, we
2: should we should, we should I talk. think you up with. I might have yeah. a couple of letters still still left blank. um which, oh, yeah, which, which which we could fill.
1: So what I always ask everybody on the show is what their first the first performance that they the first concert or performance that they saw, oh. what that was. Do you okay. remember? Well, do you remember I, that
2: I do. So so the first performance I saw really truly was as a two-year-old, I would Mm -hmm. go and watch my mum conduct the chamber orchestra at the Royal Academy of Music here in London. And I would sit in the Dukes Hall, which is the big, big hall, this beautiful old hall, been there for hundreds of years. And I would watch my mum conduct this string orchestra. And that taught me so much. It taught me so much about what it meant to communicate, what it meant to share, what it meant to dance, what it meant to sing, what it meant to have energy and give energy and share energy and receive energy. So that to me was, was uh, th- that was my first concert going experience. The first concert I can remember going to like that I had a ticket to um, outside of that was when I saw Stevie play the O2 in London. Uh, I, must have I love been the 0 early... Wait, is oh. it
1: still around? Yeah,
2: it's still around. Yeah, it's still going still strong. No, no one's playing it at this second though.
1: <laughs> at this um, moment, yes. But
2: yeah. but yeah, I went to see Stevie play there. I was probably early teens. Um, this was probably like, yeah, this must have been 15 years ago probably. And he came and he, he played and he came on stage 45 minutes late and it was crazy and everyone was like oh, i can't believe steve is not on yet is he okay and then he came on with yeah. his harmonica and he played this tune called all blues which is like this jazz standard and i knew all blues and i was just beside myself because it was just this extraordinary it's it's that feeling that i've no i know you i know you i i know your dna you you have you have constructed emotional spaces in my life and there you are that's you on stage um it's it, you how know, it's, old were you when was this well in your life? I, I was probably about 14 years old or thir- 13 oh 12 gosh. 12 13 14 years prime old
1: prime time
2: and, and so i was super i was like yeah i was impressionable i was so able to be blown away you know it was just like it was such an experience and he played for so long and you know me me and my mom went there and we were at the top of the o2 and we were just so thrilled um and interestingly and i haven't mentioned this thus far on this podcast i don't know why but i i had i had performed i had performed before my first concert at in montreal jazz festival i i was when i was a boy i sang i sang in a bunch of opera productions on stage um in, in in london so i i sang in like the magic flute which is an opera by mozart i sang in benjamin Britten's opera called the turn of the screw um and and i was you know so i had this experience I love the of singing of the screw. yeah yeah yeah. so I so I I sang yeah 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 (laughs) as we all do so um you know I was on stage as not Jacob at those early times and I learned what it meant to tell a story and I learned what it meant to stand and watch people but I didn't know the feeling of being Jacob for for a long time so when I went to see Stevie I it was the same era as when I was singing as a treble as when I was I was learning the language of theatre and the language of moving around um being the introverted person that I am (laughs) Uh, and I went to see Stevie, and it was like, oh, so it's possible to do what I'm doing on stage in the classical music world, but but it can feel like this, and it was just, it was a really I formative moment for me.
1: Did you tell him that when you met him? Like, was that something you could <laughs> share? Like, because I know these meetings sometimes are so quick.
2: You know, I can't remember what I said to him. Yeah. <laughs> it's, one of, it's, it's one of those things where I was so beside myself that, I mean, all I remember is that we were yeah we, we had both been asked to play this kind of like I think it was like a Greenpeace event in LA uh, ages ago it's probably about 2015 2016 and I was there and he was there and I did my little set um and like a couple of people showed up and then he did his set and like everyone showed up and I was like singing along to all the lyrics and then we um you know then we ended up hanging out for about about 10 minutes which felt like so long really it was but it also felt like no time at all I felt like I was so lucky to have that amount of time with him it was like real estate in Stevie Wonder's life you know um but i remember i i i tried to say i said thank you in every utterable way and he said you're welcome in a few utterable ways and then he and he said he said are you the um are you that kid who has done those videos online and i said yeah that's me yeah. stevie and he said yeah i heard a thing you did one of my songs i said yeah i did I did because I did this song called "Don't You Worry About a Thing." And that was one of the first things I put on the internet, and that's oh, what—that's wow. actually what connected me with Quincy. It's what connected me with Herbie, and it's kind of what kickstarted yeah. my kind of dialogue with a fan base and everything. And he said, he said, I, I heard it, and and I said, oh, cool. And then he said, and I said, well, what what did you think? And he said, it was great. I loved it and i exhaled because i was for a second i was you nervous he, breathing. i was yeah. nervous he was going to he was going to say yeah, yeah it was cool or like it was all right yeah, it was all right you know and <laughs> but he said I, I loved it well done and thank you for doing it and and that was really it meant so much to me it meant so much to me to hear him say that because i'm
1: sure you know to because he's be the proximity of that it's like that greatness but there's so much, like his level of legendary is like astounding i mean most of Truly. The people we speak about you know it's just it is you cannot- t- like you can't touch it you so can't touch tu- it just... you
2: can't touch it you're, you're yeah. so right that's a that's a really good way of putting it.
1: Is there anyone like that you have not been able to work with yet? I mean you've literally cr- just created a song now that spans the entire alphabet, so like you are giving yourself all of those chances to work yeah. with people but like is there anyone that you would love to work with that is on your um invisible list in, and you've got a
2: list in, invisible i i as you can imagine i have many lists of such things but people i would love to work with i would love to work with Michel gondry who is not a musician he's oh a filmmaker my God. um but Michel gondry
1: die.
2: he has it <sighs> he, he has the magical source yeah. it, and he has buckets i grew up
1: it. watching his videos oh yeah, me too i mean that's,
2: oh. Oh.
1: <laughs> what is your favorite gondry video do you have one
2: well i I love i love star i love star guitar which is the the chemical brothers one with the with the window and everything passing the window and everything has a sound
1: (sighs) don't you love Um, chemical
2: brothers they're they're the best but uh, all of the bjork ones he did are are my faves like human behavior is incredible Uh, i mean we can talk about music videos from bjork the whole day but like bjork was a huge have
1: you met her yet i
2: haven't and she's on my list for sure but i'm also really afraid of bjork because she's no you must
1: be but she's on it like she walked past me i was covering a have you heard of iceland no literally have you and i never name drop by the way i'm certainly not that type of there i was walking down the street no no No, but I was in Reykjavik and I was covering Iceland airwaves and it was many years ago and we covered, she held a press conference about her initiative. It was the, this, she had joined with a company and they were basically creating safe spaces around Iceland so that tourists don't come and mess it up.
2: Oh, Um, that's good.
1: Essentially, like in layman's terms, that's how I broke it down in my mind uh because i wasn't there physically my brain was i so i sat in the front row not thinking leo you're going to be in front of this thing this being cuz she's always been that thing for yeah me, she she's as, this she has, she's
2: this angel yeah
1: right and she walked past us and I swear to God, she was levitating. Like, I swear to yeah. God, her feet were not
2: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. <it's, laughs>
1: she's tiny. Yeah. And she's t- so small. And you don't realize. And I'm not tall by any measures. But. She Her being is gigantic yeah. But her physical She's tiny And she just kind of Floated she, by Yeah
2: No I completely and know What you mean The
1: room went quiet I broke down in tears My friend was Literally Clasping onto my hand
2: Yeah Yeah Because, because It's Bjork man do. It's Bjork
1: This Must Be The Gig is produced by Adam Kibble. We'd like to thank Dean Berger and Daniel Brater for additional music, as well as the Consequence Podcast Network. Hey! If you've listened this far, why not go the extra mile and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. Your comments provide valuable feedback for us and it helps other people find us too. For information on new episodes, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at TMBTGPod. And generally just irritate everyone you know about the show. Thanks again, and I miss you already.